Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason on this special holiday episode of the podcast. It is a special holiday episode of the podcast. Brian, how are you doing? Good, good. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, it's probably Christmas Eve or the night before when you're hearing this. Um, so happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all. What's going on? What's the news? Well, I, you're going to be getting a present coming from Deborah Devi. I got books and books ordered. She's going to sign them and send them to me. Then I'm going to ship yours to you as soon as I get it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now, I don't know if this, uh, you, you might be, by the time I'm telling you this, it might have already uh, been dropped or whatever, but we're going to we're gonna have two episodes right around the same time because uh, it's the Rufus Huff reunion, and if, for those that don't know, that was a side project with Greg from the Kentucky Headhunters and Jared England, who uh, had his Black Mountain Prophet project. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in a band called Rufus Huff at one point. They're doing a reunion show on the 28th. Um, at a place called Jambodians, and I forget what it's for those who are in K- Kentucky, they'll know where that Jambodians. Is. That is a great name for like yeah. a music club, <laughs> yeah. And so that's going down the 28th. So we're going to uh, talk to those guys about how that came uh, to fortition. And so we want to, you know, get it out there in time. So by the time you hear this, it may have already dropped or it's dropping at the same time or a couple days after this. So that, that's, uh, I don't know, I can't think of anything else. Besides any that. chance to get, a, any time I get a chance to talk to Greg is always, always wonderful, man. He can just tell the best stories. It's funny because he uh, called me on the messenger or the DM and I like I hit the volume up and I'm listening to that. And then a little bit later, talking to my wife, I'm going, Oh yeah, by the way, that was Greg Martin from the Kentucky Headhunters on the phone. So I <laughs> Just call me. Cool. No big I'm deal. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cool, I love that Goodbye June shirt. It's a community in shirt. Yeah. yeah, which is a great album. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this is the only one they had, I believe, when uh, I was on their merch merch page at the time. Their other yeah. stuff was sold out or, or see how the night goes. The stuff's going pretty well. I've got, I got like, when I saw him in a concert, I just had this plain black shirt that just says goodbye June and just plain white letterings. Very, very basic, but I really like it a lot. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I like that one you're wearing. And if we're going to stay on this topic and name dropping, I texted Tyler Baker a couple of days ago just to see how he was doing. And they're going to apparently go in the studio, start rehearsing in early 23. So we might get another oh, record nice. out of them next year. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, uh, speaking of Christmas specials and sort of this, all this conversation ties into that because last year we did the Kentucky Christmas special. Greg Martin was on that. This year we are going in a different direction on our Christmas special. Yep, we're doing, you know, we're doing another guitar roundtable, guitarist roundtable. If you guys remember about what, about a year and a half ago, we had a couple great guitarists on. Of course, we had Riley from the Thunderbolts, Dylan from uh, Magnolia Bayou, and Andrew from Then Dirty Roses. So 
What did we do this time, Brian? We went and we flipped it around a little bit and we did an all female guitarist round table with some of our favorites. Yeah, we have for you guys, we have uh, Aaron Coburn, Jax Hollow and Leilani Kilgore. And what a great time it was. And, it, and now I'm just like thinking too, you know, not only is it a Christmas special, it's a Christmas special, guitar special, Christmas guitar special. Yes, <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all of that. And, you know, I think we, we got some friends. So Leilani and Jax already knew each other, but they didn't know Aaron before. And I've already seen some some commenting back and forth between Aaron and Leilani. So we might have made made a new friend out of that group. And I do want to shout out to Leilani for helping us uh, facilitate, moderate that panel. I thought she did a great job. And I think uh, I predict in whatever amount of time she's going to have a podcast of some sort because she she's seems natural like a natural at it yeah man like she's really good listen we've stolen some lightning round questions from her because they were so good she's very thoughtful i mean you know what if you ever need a backup co-host brian call leilani i was thinking if i if I ever need a sub i'd already that had already crossed my mind yep <laughs> but it was fun it was fun chatting with all of them you know we've had jacks and leilani in a couple times now aaron a couple times and just hear them talk the nature of the music business and, and as guitar players was very fascinating. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much in there. Uh, you guys are here and we'll, we'll discuss it on the backside. So uh, you guys enjoy our uh, wonderful chat with Aaron Colburn, uh, Jack Solo, and Leilani Kilgore for our Guitarist Christmas special. guest segment of this uh, special Christmas episode of the podcast. And we've told you who's on, but Jason always gets to introduce everybody. You know, that is funny, Brian. We always like act like it's a big, we've already posted the podcast, but tonight for the holidays for Christmas and the new year, we've got a very special show going on. Uh, if you remember last year for the five people that listened to us religiously, we had a guitar player round table on. Uh, this year, we've got another one for the holidays, but three of our favorite new guitar players that are out there that are actually crushing it. They've been on before. We're excited to have back. And I'm going to go chronologically from, from how you guys have appeared on the show. Jax Hollow, how you doing, Jax? Hey, man. How's it going? Great. Leilani Kilgore? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded surprised. Like, what? Where am I at? What am I doing? And Aaron Coburn. What's up? So thank you guys all for being here and celebrating our holiday episode and being part two or our second uh, guitar player roundtable. So we're very interested to hear you guys chat, talk about music all around. Right, Brian? Yes, for sure. That's why we're here. Maybe. That's <laughs> what, that is why we're here, right? We hope so. <laughs> Everybody's super excited. You can feel it in the air. I have, to, I have to interrupt. Aaron, like, I'm really jealous of your emotional support guitar situation. And, like, I have to. Get, I if have you need to, emotions, yes. get one. 
I feel Jackie. like I can't like have a good conversation because without having a smile laugh. You look like you feel very like comfortable and natural, and I get it. I'm, I'm not good without something in my hand, so I'm just gonna hop on your little. There we go. Little I like hug it. Situation. <laughs> Sorry. Jack, you need to pick up a guitar. Why? Why we're waiting? Uh, it's it's packed up. <laughs> well, Jax uh -huh. is calling us from New York City, I believe, right, Jax? Yeah, sorry guys, I'm uh, sleep deprived and fucked up. <laughs> I'm here and I'm uh, I'm ready to go. This ought to be well. You ought to have some good comments to go. I've never not I've never not seen Aaron hold, not, without holding a guitar or a stringed instrument of any sort. Oh yeah, addiction. <laughs> I think we all understand. It's a good crutch. Yes. Leilani, which one did you grab? Your Fender? I did. Yeah, I grabbed the Telly because it was closest. Nice. So, Three pickups on that one in a big speed, huh? Yep, yep, and uh, no back finish whatsoever at this point. So it's, it's yeah, it's hanging in there. Is that from uh, you, or did you inherit it with the wear and you just made it worse? You know, here's the, okay. Here's the problem with this guitar, ladies and gentlemen. So this was brand new to me uh, in October of 2021. It's been a little over a year, and when I got it, it was one of those situations where Jax and and Aaron, I'm sure you understand this, and both of you as well, because you play as well. You get it out of the box and you're like, I don't want anything to happen to this. I will cut off my toes if it means I can save the finish. However, that would come up. And within less than a year, most of this was gone. So I don't want to slag Fender's finish jobs, but also like, I feel like. <laughs> you learn to love it though, right? <laughs> What's that? You learn to love it. it kind of, it's just like, it's yours, you know? I just think of it as like theft security. Like really no one's gonna want to steal. <laughs> this there you, go. you could easily pick it out if somebody did take it. you're like hey flip that around let me see the back of that thing exactly that's why i used to bleed on my guitar shamelessly because i was like well my dna is like all over it so really if there's like a serious problem you, you bleed on your guitars because you use like super thick gauge strings i use 11s what do you guys use pens but i have 12s on my c sharp guitar but that's because it's tuned down good move nines you're using nines yeah always Oh my God, I don't know how you do that. I'd have to like floss my teeth with nines. I don't- Jimmy Page used nines. That's true, he did. They're good yeah. to shred on. Cause like it's, they're less, yeah. I think it's, they're better to shred on for shredding. Yeah, hundred percent. As long as you don't get like overexcited and then overbend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lenny, I thought you were using like 13s or something ridiculous. It's 11s, huh? It's, a, it's 11 to 56 typically or 11 to 52, which is okay. enough. It's, you know, it's not that bad. I mean, considering I do like 25 hours of playing a week, you know, between downtown and road gigs, I think that's plenty. I think that's just fine. I really look forward to the arthritis in like 10 years. It's going to be awesome. Because <laughs> like, especially with long fingers, it's going to look, it's going to look horrifying. Well, awesome. the good news is all your fingertips will be worn off and you won't leave a fingerprint if you commit a crime. Yeah, no, I definitely like, I already can't scan my left hand. So like I could commit like one handed crimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, have, I have a question. Do you guys get like, I know like there's a lot of like females out there that if they're like their nails or like their hands aren't like uh, like look pretty then they uh, are upset like but I feel like with guitar players especially like do, do you guys get proud of like how gross your fingers look like I, I have a sense of pride in like how disgusting my calluses look like I'm like you gotta see this like I'm showing my band my drummer I'm like dude it's bleeding right now and it's like big <laughs> Are you guys proud of that too, or is that just me? <laughs> I don't know, Jax. What do you? How do you? How do you feel about the the well being of your fingers? Yeah, they're uh, consistently fucked up. Like this nail will never grow normal again in my life. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, callus or something to be proud of, for totally. sure. 
I just, uh, I can't, you know, I just don't do any finger maintenance. Like, do you guys remember High School Musical? There was that opening scene where Vanessa <laughs> Hutchins realized she can't fit in with the Poplar Girl because they were talking about like their cuticle beds or something. I don't, I don't, that's me, unfortunately. But like, I don't, I don't care because like, I think that if you do like nail maintenance and you really try to like make them look good, by the time they get all like messed up from playing, they somehow look worse than they did before you did it. So I think just leave it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> if, I, if I like cut open a finger, I'm definitely like, look guys, look at how cool this is. <laughs> yeah. Battle scars. <laughs> Battle scars, exactly. Yes. Yes. Didn't Stevie Ray Vaughn used to super glue his calluses back to his fingertips so he could keep playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would also super glue his cuts. Just super glue everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Just shove the whole hand in there. It's, it's like super glue is like duct tape. It fixes anything. Exactly. I like, Leilani, how you brought up High School Musical. Now, are you a High School Musical fan? At, at some point, I think we all were, right? Like, you, you know. That was you guys are the right age. Yeah, yeah. At the Jax right is age. smiling. <laughs> I don't know. I was a fan, but, uh, you know, I, I think that it was, like, the more uh, digestible version of School of Rock for a lot of people. I, my, my heart always belongs to School of Rock. Right, con right call. Aaron, how about you? Are you a school of rock or a high school musical or both um i think i made it through like 10 minutes of high school musical and i had to turn it off so i got oh, there's nothing, nothing against it like it's cool but it wasn't my thing but i the school of rock for sure i mean I, that's that's a classic <laughs> like yeah. lonnie are you gonna take that uh, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it, it just wasn't my thing. I respect it though. Like I, I, my, I knew the songs because I had friends in high school that would sing it like throughout the halls, and I'm like, oh, that's like, where's that from? That's kind of cool. So I just, <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that the name of an actual musical, or is that are you saying high movies. school musical? Disney in movies. There's three of them. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Was it Disney that made them? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. My my daughter, who's 17, has always been a big Disney fan, and she loved the High School Musical movies. So, mm -hmm. I've seen them a few times. Yeah, I have, personally, I don't want to delve any further into my High School Musical fan base. That uh, we've gotten far enough as it is with all that. Like my rock and roll image is just being <laughs> spread in. That, you know, that's kind of punk rock to like something like that, though. Really. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. That's for the moral I'm just, support. I'm just trying to help out. Jack's High School Musical, School of Rock, both, neither? Mm, nah, my dude. <laughs> no? The above. No Jack Black? No I don't. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens? Or uh, what's the guy's name from High School Musicals? Uh, Camp Rock all the way, obviously. <laughs> Selena Gomez? No. No Camp Rock? Are you kidding us? Nah, none of that shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jax, you're ruining our fun here. My daughter also liked Camp Rocks. It was Selena Gomez and... Oh, God, yeah. no. Couldn't do that. No. 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 <laughs> the Jonas Brothers. The Jonas oh. Brothers. Oh, that was oh, that was one of my questions, actually, for the lightning round. We'll get there, though. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. So I've got a good... And you guys already started the conversation, but I want to kick you guys off on something to run with and then take it the, the rest of the way, and Brian, I'll be here to help. So I want to know how or why or what got you guys into playing guitar and Leilani you want to start well I know my story I'd actually much rather hear Jax's or Aaron's and I'll I'll tag on to the end Jax do you want to start oh uh sure uh just like anyone else just want to like be cool have some sort of superpower that can help you grow into just the kind of person that 
you want to become. You know, music is when you're a kid and you discover music, it's, uh, I don't know, especially for kids who are kind of lost, it kind of is everything. And um, I needed an outlet like that. And I think a lot of kids need an outlet like that and to find something sort of beautiful in like a chaotic world. A lot of kids are growing up in chaos right now, you know? Music is a fucking beautiful thing. So that's kind of where I went into it as an awkward little kid wanted to have something beautiful that I could have too. So I love that. That's awesome. And you're a, a page guy. You really love Zeppelin, like yeah. plant, plant page, right? That was like a piece of your inspiration. Yeah, I love them. I love that energy that they create. It's sexy. It's like fierce. It's there's some sort of energy that it doesn't matter how shitty the recordings are. It's just like totally captured and, you know, just something to chase. Yeah. Very raw. <laughs> That's the best. Well, I want to just uh, follow up on what Jack said there. It's like, you know, these conversations that, that we get to have with musicians, it's like therapy for me because a lot of the outside world, it's like, I feel like I'm an alien planet. So I totally identify with what you said, Jax. It's like finding mm -hmm. your people. You're like where it's like 100% comfortable, like like totally natural setting. It's like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. So that's awesome. There's never been something so reassuring in my life. Mm -hmm. than, and so like, just totally like destructive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, once you find something like that, I hope, you know, that's something, whether it's music or anything else, like it's like my number one hope for anyone in the world is to find something to gravitate towards like that. I mean, obviously we're all here because we're obsessed with it. We, we already mm -hmm. got bit by it, but like, mm -hmm. especially for even younger like girls you know something really cool to hold on to that that is a constant you know if everything else is going wrong and shit's going on like at least that's like a constant yeah, yeah. good answer i like the constant you always know and we have two of you just sitting there hugging your guitars <laughs> <laughs> and i can't even look at mine no no <laughs> <laughs> where is it packed up is it like outside your hotel room or something oh else? it's packed up i'm in rehearsals right now so it's i've been i've been playing like crazy train and sweet child of mine and bullshit all day huh i mean i know they want to know but so yeah it's it's packed away i've touched it enough today i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> well you're not forced to carry it with if you don't want to on, the, on this <laughs> Oh, Airborne, Air, Aaron, Air, Air, I smashed your name. Airborne. Airborne. <laughs> That's a great name. Airborne. That is not your name. It kind of sounds rock and roll, but also, it, yes. <laughs> First full length album, Airborne. Airborne, yeah. yes. All I'm thinking about is like the vitamin C tablets that you take like from like Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to keep you from getting sick. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we don't take cool yes. drugs anymore in the music business. We just take like, supplements. Exactly. Cod liver oil is the hardest thing I take. <laughs> I drank emergency this morning. You know what that is? It's essentially like airborne, but you mix it in water. It's, yeah. it's really good, you know? Yeah. All right, airborne, Aaron Coburn. How did you get into <laughs> Um, Okay, so uh, when I was younger, I think I was like, I, when I was like a baby, pretty much, or like toddler-ish, my parents always had like videos, uh, like 
I guess there were DVDs, DVDs of um, people playing live, like Joe Satriani and Prince and um, just a, a bunch of people in all different genres. And so I think that's kind of what exposed me to it at first, especially Joe Satriani, because it was just like guitar solos on top of guitar solos on top of guitar solos. And I was just like, what is happening? And so um, my dad, or my mom got my dad um, an acoustic guitar for their anniversary before I was born, and he never picked up that acoustic guitar. So um, I found that being like a, you know, a, what's the word? Be being a toddler that's like extra curious, I found it. I'm like, okay, cool. This thing's mine now. And uh, that was kind of the introduction. But eventually my parents got me like a little pink acoustic guitar that was my size because I, I there's videos of me playing um my dad's acoustic guitar like like an upright bass because it was bigger than me and I, it's in my diaper I was in my diaper so it's kind of embarrassing so I make sure those those uh videos haven't surfaced the internet but um yeah that's kind of that's kind of the introduction of guitar and then I took guitar lessons I was like the worst student ever because I didn't want to practice anything that they gave me. I just wanted to write and, you know, play around and make riffs and stuff. I was super stubborn, which I wish I wasn't nice. like that. But yeah, and then I um, eventually found the guitar teacher that I really clicked with and he showed me like the, the blues and he was like improvising. I'm like, whoa, like you just came up with that solo like out of thin air. And I'm like, I want to know how to do that. So uh, it blew my mind. And ever since then, I feel like I talk so much better through this than like talking. Like I'm awkward when I talk sometimes, but like this, it's like I can say full paragraphs and it's it's well-rounded and well-spoken, I feel like, than what I say. But anyway, that's where I began. <laughs> Jax, I bet that's how you feel a little bit too, is probably expressing through music or guitar playing more so than verbosity. Yeah, artistically, like, I'm, like, terrible as a human, like, communicating with people and uh, in social situations, settings. <laughs> I I always feel like I'm just observing almost my entire life. <laughs> just, like, I'm just watching and everything unfold in front of me. And I, uh, to, you know, I've, honestly, I feel like the only thing I'm really that I really understand in this world is songwriting and, and, uh, and being an artist. And um, so that's, you know, the communication thing. Uh, I dig it. I get it. We you should know? have a whole podcast where we all just talk in guitar solos. <laughs> <laughs> it would actually be pretty fucking dope. Yeah, I like that. You know what? You're, <laughs> sorry, we will have you guys on to do that. You tell us when you want to do it and we are there because I would be amazed by that. I'm in. Awesome. That would be awesome. Cool. <laughs> down <laughs> that'll that'll be the next one i want to i got a follow-up question for jacks jacks real fast before we get mm -hmm. into leilani's background her superhero origin story as we're going through <laughs> for everybody but art does it how is it when people go up to you jacks after you get done playing want to talk to you want to take a picture with you or something is that a weird thing for you or like in that setting are you comfortable no it's cool um it's not like there's a million people <laughs> coming up to me after my show I know but um because that means that the music that I've like bashed my head over and over again for you know I've rewritten Wallflower Girl probably 20 times you know that's gonna be you know coming out and and uh it means that like if they get anything out of what I've like you know sort of worked really hard at and for and something that really is significant and makes me feel good. And I wish I heard 
could hear it on the radio, then I think um, that is everything and anything I need. Even if in Europe, like one guy came out, like one show, one guy came out, he's like, I know you, I came to see you. As soon as he saw me, he left. And, and it was just like, wow. Like just that, that one interaction is just like, oh shit. Like I just, I somehow communicated with somebody in Germany uh, across like languages, across oceans. And it's kind of surreal, even if it's just one, it's, that's what it's about is, is uh, effective communication, which obviously we can't do. <laughs> we can only do through like the things that we're holding right now, you know? So Love it. All right, Leilani, now you have to share your superhero origin story with us. Clearly <laughs> enough, it's kind of an amalgamation of both of y'all's story, because I, I really hear a lot of my own reasons in, in what you both shared. So um, group therapy time. Um, I found out at a super young age that I was adopted, and being five or six, I didn't know how to process that the way that it probably should be processed. And so I grew up, especially as a very angsty teenager in Washington state where it's gray all of the time. Um, I grew up feeling a lot of disconnect with my family. And um, I felt a lot of anxiety as a kid. I felt depression, but I didn't know what it was. And I very quickly uh, pivoted towards music because um, while my dad is not a musician, he's a big fan. So there was always music on in the house. He would always try to introduce me to artists and Eventually, I got to the point where either I had heard enough Jimi Hendrix that I wanted to be like Jimi Hendrix, or I'd gotten so sick of hearing about Jimi Hendrix that I wanted to be more important than Jimi Hendrix, one or the other. Um, and I just decided to uh, pick up a guitar. And my mom had taken classical lessons way back when, when she was in her early 20s and still had the guitar. And Aaron, to your point, it was one of those big, chunky, awkward, nylon string, massive beasts that like, I thought it was the lamest thing of all time, yep. you know? Cause like, I'm here listening to B.B. King and Steve Ray Vaughan and watching, you know, Keith Richards walk across the stage at Madison Square Garden. And that's what I aspired to. And instead I'm taking these gospel lessons and I was also a very stubborn student. I hated practicing. I'd come up with my own stuff and just like, wouldn't want to take the time. But because I was dealing with all of this internal struggle, I started self-harming when I was very young. Um, I didn't know how to properly communicate what I was feeling or really identify it. And I started finding solace in songs and how artists would find ways to convey pain or uh, like optimism or like a, a place through melody and songwriting. And it made me feel at peace because I, I didn't know what to, I didn't know how to take what I was feeling at the time and put it into my own words. So to find something that somebody else had written that made me feel like, like there's, there's an understanding here and I'm not alone in this. And whatever I'm feeling um, is, is, it's not just me, I'm not crazy. It's, it's, it's not that I, I can't like help myself through this. It's just, I need, a way to convey it that isn't just words. Um, additionally, my mom is a speech therapist and I talk very quickly. And so I was frequently told I need to slow down my speech. And so I started getting anxiety about talking. So when I started playing guitar and, and started teaching myself songs that I felt carried a bit of, of um, merit in conveying whatever I was feeling, whether it was good or bad, um, it provided this 
rich sense of therapy to me. And then like yourself, Aaron, I had a teacher who, after I moved on from classical, showed me blues. And he told me that the whole point of blues, especially when it comes to solos, is to have a conversation. And that was like the thing that I couldn't do. So to find a way and an outlet to convey something and literally let the music breathe and give it thought and purpose and direction um, was huge for me. And it became my addiction, you know, like the rest of us. I started practicing it hours a day. I started learning and wanting to learn, you know, how did this artist get this to sound this way? How do I make it sound that way? How do I turn that into my own thing? So that is my, my origin story, so to speak. <laughs> Incredible. So all Aaron, three of you guys, were, were you awkward, Aaron? What was that? Were you awkward as well as a, as a kid? Um, as a kid, I think I, I don't think I was awkward at certain points. Like, no, I, I wasn't really awkward. I was just, I was just loud, which I guess made everything awkward. <laughs> but I've gotten more introverted as I've gotten older, which is weird, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's interesting because you guys had a, real, a lot of similarities in kind of why you picked up the guitar and why you do music. It helps you guys communicate or feel connections uh, across the board. And I, I would wonder and probably expect that's fairly common for musicians. Yeah, I'd have to think so. I mean, I think that, I mean, even just on, on, a, on a neurological level, anybody who, you know, pursues something in the creative field has a more active right brain which lends itself to a more active part of the brain that develops emotions and things like that. So I think that when you start delving into something creative, whether it's art or guitar or writing or what have you, you're searching for some kind of way to, you know, uh, frame a human experience. And part of that human experience is to connect with others. So I think inevitably, Yes, I think we're all we're all prone in some way or another because you know you hear about like people like Slash and their whole thing was like well you know the band already had a drummer or a bass player and I just wanted to be the cool dude to play guitar and then he ends up being fucking Slash yeah. but you know he still is the one that wrote the solo for Sweet Child of Mine which people who don't even play an instrument can probably sing note for note better than I can play it so you still end up finding a way to make it like a connection with people absolutely. All right, Leilani, take it away. Okay, I have, I have questions for both of you. I'm gonna start with, with, with Jax because she and I have known each other for actually quite a long time and I haven't seen her in almost as long. So Merry <laughs> Christmas, we brought you guys all together for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I know you're, you're up in New York for rehearsals, which is crazy, I didn't even, I didn't know you were embarking yeah. on that, that particular journey again. Um, so I wanted to hear about your new album because I know that you worked on it for a very long time. You recorded it at Sound Emporium, which is an awesome studio here in Nashville. And um, I think like ultimately my biggest question to you is uh, going from working with somebody like Michael Wagner, who did your, your last album, which is phenomenal, to working at Sound Emporium, kind of a, a bigger room, like a professional studio. Did you feel any pressure or anxiety transitioning into that new environment? Uh, no, uh, it's sort of been a strange, just a really interesting journey that I sort of like, uh, people, some amazing people come into my life and, and, um, Juanita Copeland's one of them, you know, the CEO of Sound Emporium. And I actually met her at the rock and pod podcast thing. I was on a panel with her and, and that's how that happened. 
the sound uh, that how that's how I got to record it at Sound Emporium is knowing her through that and um, and then I met like Jason Isbell like just hanging out in the coffee room at Sound Emporium I like almost wow. had a heart attack <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah like it's it's a lot different than the first record and that's and I and I, and I love it you know because why not push boundaries and like why not like be super uncomfortable in a brand new environment with new people and uh because like that's where great art exists is like just beyond it's you're in your uncomfort zone but it's just a little bit beyond near the maddening area and it's it's like a beautiful place to be for a little bit amount of time as long as you can get it onto tape or pro tools <laughs> you know but yeah thanks for asking it's I, I think it's some of the best work I've ever done. So I'm excited to release it soon. Wow. Yeah, um, that's something David Bowie said. He said, if you are, if you're in the water and you're at a place where your feet are just above being able to touch the bottom, you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. And I, I am well familiar with your last album and just seeing what you've been posting about this next album, it does seem like you took a very different direction. So I'm really excited to hear how you settled into that and, and, showed it and a, a different side of yourself as an artist so i'm super stoked and congratulations thanks girl yeah i mean obviously you were there for the listening party for underdog anthems <laughs> oh no kidding yeah. no yeah. really i was yeah 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 probably one of the last times anyone was in wagner studio you know definitely uh, between that and the, the cd signing yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's his studio's closed, closed, like nobody took it over or anything. It's it's done. No, it's it's like uh on its way, it's it's a it has sailed across the ocean. It's going to uh New Zealand. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he's done. He's he's doing great. Yeah. I knew your your album was the last one he produced, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hell of a check mark in your career though, to have that. That guy's <laughs> got a you know, like a pretty crazy no pressure for the next them. record or anything yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's cool man it's cool yeah well that's awesome um Aaron I what on earth have you got going on because you're <laughs> always either playing or doing content creation you have this insane guitar collection uh that I have a lot you posted a lunchbox guitar the other day that I definitely have some questions about. So what what is your 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 biggest project right now that's requiring the most of your attention at the moment? Uh, so it's actually like an even, even like a 50-50 split um, between the fourth album and touring. So um, we just got a new book, a new booking agent. So we have a lot more shows that I've been prepping for and working on new material for that. And then also doing the fourth album, which I run my own recording studio here in Middletown, Ohio. So that's where I'm recording and it's about to be under construction. We're building like more rooms and stuff. So um, there's like, I guess there's three things taking up the most, <laughs> most of my time, but yeah. So the fourth album and, and, and lots of shows, which the fourth album is going to be the first album I, I released that was recorded and mixed and um, mastered by me. So that's only awesome. by me. That's awesome. Damn girl. That's, that's intense. Yeah. That's no yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, that's seriously badass. Thank you. Yeah, I went to, I went to um, Cleveland during the pandemic to study and get my audio engineering certification so I can record my own stuff because I was like, wow, it's expensive to go record in the studio, you know, and 
I, I feel like it's, it's a beautiful thing being able to work with someone that you connect with, like a producer and then, you know, create something. But I hadn't had that as much. Like I, I did, but I, I wanted to create something where it's like literally straight from the guitar into where I'm recording and no middleman at all, because like mixing is like a huge artistic side of it. And like even like some delays or reverbs or certain things that you, you know, you do in the mixing process can affect how the whole sound or the whole emotion is. So I wanted to try that out and see what I can mold with this fourth album by doing that. So it's uh, been a really cool experience. That's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I know that that's, that's like the amount of education required to do something like that. I have the utmost respect for people who self-produce and engineer and record because it's, it's such a, a black hole of information and yeah. pulses and like, uh, yeah, so that's seriously awesome. Thank you. <laughs> How do you ever know if you're done, man? That's that's way too much, uh, I don't know, freedom. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, and, yeah. uh, you just keep going on, going on, going on, because there's no one telling you to stop. <laughs> yeah, at what point are you like, okay, this is it. It's finally done. Like, when do you have that moment? That's that's what I've been working on. Like, that's like, it's like almost like a mental thing. I've been trying to train myself, like, get to the point where, you know, I love it. And if I love it, then I'm not going to go back and add more things to it. Like I'm going to immediately try to move on to getting it mastered right. before I change my mind. Cause yeah, that is a huge struggle. Cause there's always like, Oh, well maybe this delay or maybe this, like this one, like one tiny instrument that no one's going to be able to hear, but you can feel it needs to be a little bit louder. And then like, yeah, you start picking things apart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy to go down that rabbit hole. Yes, <laughs> totally. Uh, Jess, you just got back from Germany. Yeah. Whoa. Which is crazy. So, um, Jess is okay. Just for, uh, okay. My real name is Jess, just between us. And oh, sorry. That was this. A- <laughs> I thought you said Jax. No, I but, but, um, but yeah, no, my, it's my, my stage name is Jax Hollow. Yeah. But, sorry, Jax. I, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> Have it. So I want to hear about your Germany trip because that was a, that was a really, uh, I mean, to just go over by yourself and, and do those gigs and, and play in a country that you, uh, are probably not well familiar with. Um, that's, that's huge. That's a huge risk and it's, it's a brave endeavor. And, uh, I mean, what was your, what was your mindset? Was it just get to the gig, play the gig, you know, focus on that. Was that your, did you get any time to like enjoy the country while you were over there? And I think ultimately my, my, the question I, I, I'm dying to know most is what was your um, most surreal experience while you were over there? Because I know that playing to a foreign crowd is, is wild. Love you over there, Lilana. You will fucking, <laughs> you would pew, sail. Yeah. Uh, you're, you, it's coming girls coming it's it's all coming you know uh yeah I uh that was a really crazy experience uh because yeah I just needed to kind of throw paint at the wall and just be like all right I'm doing it you know and I had I had like a team of like five different people like booking booking gigs and getting me over there and doing PR and radio and everything and 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 it worked out and um and last minute my mom was like I don't want you to go over there alone. And so my little brother came with me <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad he did because uh, things went to shit kind of fast. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like there was amazing gigs and like uh, one of the most surreal moments was in, in Belgium where it, there was like 
the entire room was just packed. And I know like these people are, you know, I, I was talking and I don't know, I, I know like half of them were like understanding what I was saying. And, but everybody, like nobody was on their phone. It was crazy. They were listening. They were there. They were like, told, and, and when, when you're performing and even though there's like language barriers, but when people aren't on their phone and they're like, actually like ready to like feel something or like receive something or like interact or like, you know, engage it's, it makes you actually a better performer. Cause then you're like, Oh, people give a shit. Like, <laughs> you know, and 100%. it's cool. But yeah, dude, like it was scary. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was terrifying at times. And if my little brother hadn't come with me, um, I don't want to know. I don't want to think about it. Cause there was a lot of things that, you know, there's some snakes in the grass that, that appeared. And, and I, I, I kind of got like beaten a little bit into, into, um, uh, my, my faith in, people a little bit was you know I guess I I came in kind of green and I left kind of not jaded but just more aware you know and um but I met people I made connections and and I had experiences and me and my little brother ventured into like this amazing like beautiful hotel that we could never afford but you know we're we're idiots and we went around and we like you know, uh, what's it called? Loitered, you know, went around. And then all of a sudden we were in the lobby and the owner of the hotel comes out and he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, we're busted. And um, and we're like, man, we, uh, we're not from here, but this hotel's beautiful. We just want to let you know you have a beautiful hotel. And he's like, I've got a $300 off voucher. Do you want to stay here? And, and, and just like that, me and my little brother were living it up in like this hotel with like a, five room like spa sauna I've never been in a sauna you know you know just that was pretty surreal so and then the next night I was sleeping on a dog bed (laughs) in like rural Germany I they're like we've got accommodations for you sleeps on a dog bed like (laughs) you just be you know if you girls if you I mean honestly I don't mean to be you know that person but if you are going over there please don't do it alone because um honestly if my little brother didn't come I don't want to I don't want to think about it, but it was a really great experience, but I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or I'm going to be real with you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we have a buddy system on the road for a reason. Yeah. Um, that's our, that's our rule of thumb in, in my camp. Nobody, nobody goes by themselves. That's you just too. Yeah. Yep. yep. Especially that's... if you're playing somewhere haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's if you're playing the number one fear. <laughs> Especially if you're playing in Ohio, in Eaton, Ohio, <laughs> always go with the buddy, preferably a Ghostbuster. Preferably a Ghostbuster, exactly. Hey, Jax, I have a question about your European tour, and I, I followed a lot of your yeah. stuff on social media. It was really cool. Were you playing solo, or did you have backing bands with you, other musicians, or was it just you and a guitar? Yeah, so the, the this time around, it was just me and, like, a looper thing, so yeah. I got pretty good at, you know, I played, like, bass, I played acoustic guitar on my electric, you know, I would, like, build these big loops so mm-hmm. that it sounded good, it, uh, you know, and I opened for bigger acts, and, um, but, but in the fall, I actually, I actually do have uh, some great people who are, are booking me more festivals uh, this fall in, in over there, so that's, that'll be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Trio. Very yeah. Cool. And Aaron, you, you play a lot. Have you been overseas at all? Nope, not yet. Nope. So we're working on it. 
It's coming. Okay. It's coming. Yep. <laughs> Leilani, have you? Leilani, you've done um, cruises. I've done cruises. Um, we are uh, we are currently in talks about um, some European deets, dates, deets, deets, and dates. Deets, deets. <laughs> uh, dates and deets. Packing on to a, a potential uh, uh, festival over there mid-August. So we'll see what happens. If we can work out the backline rental and and plan the uh, travel accordingly, then then we'll be we'll be coming over that way. They yeah, love this kind, of, this kind of music is, it's different over there. They, they yeah. love it so much more, you know? It's a deeper appreciation for sure. It is. Oh, for sure. That's what Brian and I always hear. We have all these guests on and any, yeah. of, them that, that any of them have ever played in Europe are like, man, like they, they treat you so much better. They're like you said, Jax, they're not on their phone. They're paying attention. They love American music, Americans playing American blues or Southern rock. And all mm -hmm. three of you would like, do very well i think with the audiences over there they'd be very yeah. appreciative do we have any take on like why why that is why do you guys all think that that like i said I we they, always hear that like so what like what's wrong with our american music crowds <laughs> well i think that it just speaks to to european culture and as a, as a whole because if you go over there they're not focusing on what can we build that's new what can we do that's that's like of the times there's actual appreciation for the history over there and music to them, I, I firmly believe they see it as such a strong pivotal part of their culture that they respect it and appreciate it. And I think that that's just really the biggest difference. I think that Americans are very spoiled and uh, we have uh, you know, access to everything. And you know, it's always, well, what can we get now? What can we get that's current? What can we get that's new and better and best? Whereas I feel like in Europe, people are comfortable still just taking the time to appreciate the things that were laid the foundation for where they are now. That's that's my opinion. Totally, totally. I think like over like in the U.S., it's about like the technology too. Like oh, there's like synths, new synths and things that are out. So like a lot of the, like the pop music, for example, or like the music that's dominating like the radio or like the, the Spotify charts are like primarily music that's has like the biggest 808s or like the the biggest like subs or whatever. Like kind of like technology is a big part of it too. And I'm not not that there's like not technology over like sees but i feel like like you said like they have an appreciation for the feeling whether that's made with new technology or old technology it's that feeling that they're looking for for like to connect with absolutely i i went to a a, a jam while i was in london in, in 2020 or 2019 one of the times and um you know in a typical blues jam in america at least the ones that i went to growing up it's usually people that play as a hobby you know it's people that you know are just like there for a fun weekend event and the one that I went to in London, it was like a bunch of young kids. The, the house band was like top notch. You know, it was just, and everybody celebrated, you know, anybody who went up there, whether or not they knew them, people paid attention, you know, their, people were drinking and laughing, but really ultimately they were there to be part of the music and whether or not they got up on stage, they still just appreciated the event itself. And I think it's just, I think it's just a matter of, of understanding that like, you know, you can, you can settle into just enjoying something. You don't need to be reaching for whatever's going to be the next big thing. Totally. Jax, you got to take on those European crowds. You were just around them. Yeah, dude, they, they just, they dig real instruments. <laughs> you know, they dig real, they just dig real people. I'm sorry, yeah. but I don't know. There's a lot of fake shit over here. <laughs> and uh, I, I dig, I've met some really amazing just down-to-earth people and 
um, you know, I know there's a ton of down to earth people in the US. It just, uh, um, I don't know. I just, people are more trusting to let you in on what's happening with them in the moment over there, in my opinion. Yeah. When I've been over there, I mean, you meet people and then like five minutes later, they're like your family. Hey, come stay with us. We want to feed you. Like it's completely open. Yeah. yeah. Like after done with the gig, they're just like, Hey, uh, do you have a place to stay tonight? Like stay with me. No, stay with me. You know, not even in a weird way or anything. Just like, right, as, right. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. To, to moderate. Well, <laughs> if you if you've got a question, if not, I'll throw my stuff out there. You know, I'm not afraid to ask. I have questions too. So, <laughs> well, all right, Aaron. Yeah. Okay. I wrote them down because, like, I I can't get, go based off of memory, so I have like a, <laughs> a thing. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So one of my questions is: Do you do you guys have go to videos that um, instantly inspire you, or like go to songs, like? I have like a playlist on my YouTube that I go to. Like um, one of the videos was like Corn live um, at Woodstock '99, and like if I need to pump myself up for a show, like or just get excited, like I'll watch that, or I'll watch you know certain performances and stuff of like just maybe one song or two songs of whatever. But do you guys have like a go-to like video on YouTube that you like to watch that like pumps you up or inspires you to either write or perform? Jax. Yeah, check out that the going to California, uh, like acoustic. They're sitting down in like a, a line, um, and check out just Robert Plant's like ethereal nature of just like, you know, he does like the, but it's just, uh, just check it out. <laughs> no, it, it gets me every time. Yeah, it, shit like that is that's an awesome question. By the way, uh, I'm yeah. curious to hear what you guys have. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I don't, I don't know if I do. I, I spend a, a very small amount of time on YouTube. Also, I, I think just with ADD, it's hard for me to sit down and focus on something. Um, if it's a pre-show thing, it's weird. I, I know I have a playlist of songs and if there's like in a mood, if I'm in a mood and I just want to hear something like, you know, that's going to fit whatever vibe I'm going for, whether I want to be fucking ferocious or I want to just be like very calm and present in myself. I know which direction I want to lean towards musically, but there are definitely times where I just don't want to listen to anything because I get this weird paranoia about an outside influence. I'm like, I, this is my music and I need to focus on just really leaning into what I can deliver as my own artist, you know, mm -hmm. rather than worrying about like, oh, well, yeah, like, there are definitely things that inspire me a hundred percent. Like if I hear, and I'm constantly searching for something new, um, you know, like I feel like I get stuck in a feedback loop with the same music pretty frequently. So I'll look for, something new that will kind of push me in a direction of like, oh, that's so cool. I want to learn this riff or pay attention to the songwriting structure or, or something like that and try to derive from it inspiration. But um, I, I think I get a little, uh, I think I get a little nervous relying on something as means of like, almost like a superstitious pre-show ritual. I think it makes me, like we, we have a, a pre-show shot ritual that we'll do. Um, <laughs> well, but hold on. Is there a specific type of shot? I am a clear liquor gal. I do tequila. Um, the guys all do bourbon because they're men and that's what they do. Um, yeah, but other than that, like I, I really honestly, what I've found the most helpful for me as far as deriving inspiration, and I know that this has completely gone off the rails from your actual question, Aaron, and I apologize. You're fine, you're fine. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I found that I really, really love, especially if it's like a place that I haven't played before, or if it's far from where I'm, I'm, I'm coming from, I really love spending time in the room with people. And I love getting the, like the feel of the room. Um, something that we'll try to do is I'll actually, if it's a small enough room and it doesn't seem like a ridiculous undertaking, I'll try to say hi to everybody and just thank them for coming out because you, they don't have to be there. They don't know who the hell I am, you know, like either they do or they don't. And if they don't, then they might hate the next hour to two hours of what they have to listen to. So, um, I found Hardly that. Be, yeah, <laughs> I think that's. And I'll vouch for you too. Cause when I saw you at the haunted place, you did just that before the show, after the show, you were out talking with everybody. It's really important to me because, you know, I think you, you have to always keep in the perspective that, uh, somebody made an effort to be there. And honestly, it, I'll, I'll get to the point where even if I feel like I, it's not my best show, I have to stop myself from apologizing. Like I'm so sorry, you know, like there's no, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear. I'm so sorry. You came out. I didn't do very well, especially if somebody's like, Hey, great show. The old, like really just the gratitude, I think is the most important thing. And I really don't take that for granted because two years ago I was playing on a cruise ship where my audience was built in and I was a spoiled brat and I would complain about, you know, playing three 45 minute sets with 45 minute breaks. And I acted like it was the toughest job in the world. So my perspective has definitely shifted. And yeah, as far as like, I'll definitely try to listen to songs on the ride in or, you know, whatever, but pre-show for inspiration. I completely, I just, I just cannibalized your question, Aaron. <laughs> so, no, no, it was cool. I, I liked it. I enjoyed the journey. I just went off on my own tangent. I'm so sorry. Um, the corn video sounds awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, you have it, to link us that. It's really cool because there's um, there's two of them. It's the it's the eight minute and like fifty second one. I think I've watched it a lot, but um, it's like <laughs> time it's code within yeah. like within <laughs> like within like forty seconds or maybe even thirty. Like they have the whole crowd, and it's like it's Woodstock, so like it's a sea of a literal sea of people. I don't think I've seen a music festival where it was like this like like nowadays like in modern times because they probably like there's more safety measures and things hopefully now at modern things but um holy crap like the way that the whole like i almost cry every time i watch it just because it's so cool and i don't i'm not a crier i'm not very emotional but like for some reason just watching all these people like like a move like an entire sea to this you know awesome band is just crazy so yeah that I, I i rescind my prior statement i think the most something that really did inspire me as a, as a, as a beginning guitar player to really pursue, especially in blues, um, because that is a pretty niche genre. Uh, there's a video of Roy Gallagher playing in Europe. I think he's playing in Dublin and he's playing bullfrog blues, which is like a standard, you know, jump blues, one, four, five. Well, did you ever? And there's riots. People climb up on the stage and start rioting. And I was like, holy, if you can, that's a that's a one four five blues song and you are starting a riot so i think about that a lot i probably saw it like 10 years ago i still think about it constantly interesting you know maybe it's like i don't know maybe it could be considered a a, genre, a new genre of blues then for the I, way that he did it like riot blues. riot blues they have did you hear okay so i i'm on tiktok a lot and did you know like the there's a trending i forgot what her name was it's a blues artist and she had her own genre of blues called dirty blues and the stuff she sang about because people like our age like were getting mad that older people were saying well 
um cardi b and her song wap is awful and it's not tasteful but back in like the 40s or 50s or whenever like this it was like the artist wrote it. I know exactly what you're talking yes. about yeah she talks about like she literally says some very rated r thing it's awesome but like she says some very rated <laughs> oh r yeah thing. i've seen that yeah yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah pretty much i heard it by donna howard stern i'm like oh interesting but it was um yeah, so that's no. I didn't know there were so many subgenres of that were like that <laughs> in blues. Yeah, I think that if you really dive into it, blues especially, it has some surprising roots. You know, yes. champagne and reefer. Like, think of that song. Yeah, exactly, a hundred percent. It's some suggestive stuff in that one for sure. Totally. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, Zeppelin's "The Lemon Song" is basically a direct rip off of Helen Wolf, and it's that's. Yeah. A prime yeah. example. <laughs> but in eighth grade, when I was listening to Zeppelin, I had no idea what they were referring to. But they have their moments. <laughs> Never hear it the same way ever again. Yeah. No. If childhood was over. <laughs> have you seen that the pie chart of of that Zeppelin songs? You know, or like uh, this much about like Lord of the Rings. This much about that. This yeah. much about citrus. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good meme. Yeah, you, you gotta post it, Jax, on your account for everybody, so we so everybody else can see it. Yeah. There was a lot of the Lord of the Rings content in Led Zeppelin music, a lot. Yeah, Misty Mountain Hop. Yeah, Misty Mountain Hop, Ramble On. I love that shit, bro. I love like I grew up in Western Massachusetts. Like, part of me is a giant raging hippie. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But yeah, I, I love that stuff, you know, just the woods, into the woods. Into yeah. the woods. That's what my Very drummer will say. If I'm like stressed, my drummer will be like, into the woods and I'll, <laughs> Mikey, <laughs> go into the woods. Yeah. That's your safe, your safe phrase. Oh, every time I'm super stressed out, I literally will just leave, not tell anyone, just go to, <laughs> I know it's dangerous. I'll just go to, yeah, uh, the woods, mountains. Yeah, Smoky Mountains, yeah. I have a YouTube question. Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you, Aaron, go ahead. Oh, uh, this is random. But when you went overseas, Jax, did you, did you, I, so I, um, I've heard about this, like, like with the time changes and stuff. Did you ground yourself by taking off your shoes and like putting your feet in the grass? Like, did you try that? Have you like just get on the time schedule over there? Like I've heard. I, I didn't try that. I should, I should have. Cause yeah, it kind of, I've never had jet lag before. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was a that was an experience. I, it took a couple days to readjust, but yeah, I've heard of artists trying that, and like some say it works, and some say that it doesn't. So I didn't know if you tried. I mean, that. how much how much of a hippie do you think I am? I mean, well, I mean, you brought up I would do. That's something I would do. Yeah. You brought up the woods thing, and I I love that kind of stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm in it. I'm in it. I don't know. I don't have to like fully strip and just face plant. <laughs> the new way of grounding. You can do. I mean, especially Germany. I've heard that that's actually not terribly unfair. in Europe. Nobody would even look twice at you if you did that. That's just it. Like, they probably prefer it honestly yeah <laughs> all right my youtube question for you three do you ever use youtube to figure out how to play a song or a riff if i'm like desperate absolutely if i'm like if i'm like i can't i don't know what's going on um i think i had to do it for uh the chord progression for um um brass and pocket was the last time i had to do it mm -hmm. Uh, typically I try not to because ear training is very important. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. What about, what about the rest of you all? Do you ever, do you like heavily rely on YouTube or? 
Yeah, Carl Brown from guitarist360lessons.com. <laughs> he's my bro. We, we don't know each other yet, but he's my guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, if you if you can't figure stuff out uh, or like, uh, you know, the fingering of a certain solo, he's like, he has all this. So he just plays it. He'll play all of it in the beginning. So you don't even have to watch his lesson. You can just see how he plays it through. And you're like, ah, that's where. Figure out the positioning and then you <laughs> yeah, kind of figure out that, yeah. 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 Yep, I I'd say so. Like like a certain like certain songs. Like I don't learn a lot of riffs, um, like of cover songs and stuff. But uh, if if I want to, it's usually like a polyphia riff, and it's impossible to like not impossible, but it's tough to like hear that by ear because some of it's really fast, like little arpeggiating like runs and things like that. <laughs> so I love polyphia. So those I think that was like the last like YouTube video I watched was uh, like one of Tim's breakdowns of one of his riffs but i use i do use youtube a lot for like learning like the technical things or like if there's like a certain technique and stuff that i want to like know then yeah youtube is is the man <laughs> and i asked that question too because pantera is now back out on the road and zach wilde's playing guitar for him he said in an interview he would watch youtube and other other fans of how of playing those songs for him to actually learn how to play some of those pantera songs i love it i absolutely love it so you guys are professionals, fantastic guitar players. Every once in a while, I do dip my toe into YouTube as well, kind of for the, probably more than you guys have to, because I'm not quite as good. But I was just curious if you guys, if that's a cool thing to do, and it sounds like that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> our approval, you have our permission, Jason. <laughs> yes. You know, and what was that website? Who was on Jacks that you said I need to follow? Something Brown? Oh, I probably butchered it. Carl Brown from Guitar 360. I don't know. He's just like this nerdy <laughs> Carl white Brown. dude. He just, Shout yeah, but Carl he's Brown. got everything. <laughs> yeah. White dudes are always good at guitar for something. Oh, I know. I know They're the best. Because <sighs> they just sit and play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, do you have other questions? Uh, I do. Uh, let me dig in. I have the lightning questions, but I'll save that for when we okay. um, blast off into that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Um, is there a piece? Okay. So I, I'm not really a gear head per se. Like I won't talk about gear for three hours, but I'm, I'm just interested. Is there a piece of gear or like something that you've had your eye on that you're like really curious about trying? Like whether it's like an Ebo, you know, like the, like the Ebos, like the, have you mm -hmm. like, or just something that's like a, like a weird, I don't, I don't know, just like an invention or something within the gear community that you've wanted to try or have been interested in. I know they have like the folding guitars too, you know, like they had those at NAMM, like travel guitars. Yep. The travel, I think there's like Sierra guitars is the, is the brand I played them. They're pretty cool. But uh, yeah, is there any gear or things that you wanted to try? <laughs> oh, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hate to I hate to sound like a purist, but um, I really just over time prefer straight hardwire pedal board into tube amp. Um, but I will say, weirdly enough, um, with some of the other touring bands that I've I've been on the road with, there seems to be a huge lean towards amp modulators. And I actually ended up purchasing one just for my in-town gigs because sometimes at the venues down in on Broadway here in Nashville, you actually can't bring an amp. Um, so Blackstar just released a hundred watt, basically an amp, but it's like that big, like it doesn't take up a huge footprint on your board and you can just run it through a cab and that's your amp. And I think that's pretty neat. I think that, 
you know, I just, I'm a sucker for, for tubes. I have a hard time settling for anything else. The Evo, I do remember though. Like I had a, I had a thing for the Evo when I first. Those are so cool. Like it's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just feel like a lot of times I've been let down. Like I, I think about like the horror stories of the Gibson robot tuning pegs. Um, so I, they were awful. Awful. I've heard horror stories from like, you know, like employees at guitar stores who said like they would literally just randomly detune on the wall. Um, I've had people say they detune during. So I think I just like, I have like a bit of a, 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 a well set trepidation when it comes to new technology. Everything old is like, I understand it, but I'm also, I have the worst attention span. So if it's like really new, like Axe Effects new, I, I can't, I can't process it. So I'd rather just suffer with like a, you know, <laughs> A blown speaker or like a burst <laughs> blowing your back out one day from lifting two vamps in and out of your vehicle <laughs> yeah man how else are you gonna get these guns <laughs> i was gonna say like the the female guitarists that play through two vamps are like more jacked than all of the guys that play through the little, <laughs> little song pedals oh yeah oh, 100 yeah. lifting a twin into a venue absolutely yes <laughs> What about you, Aaron? Is there anything that you were like you're leaning towards? No, Jax, Jax is next. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was jumping ahead. Um, yeah, well, uh, on a, in a similar boat, if they came out with some uh, amp sims that were like uh, beyond, uh, you know, where people like Leilani would see them be like, shit, <laughs> you know, listen to them and you can't tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm treating my like helix stomp as like an amp sim and i've got like real pedals coming into that so that's kind of my my easy rig i'm so tired of carrying around a multi-effects board and and then i but i don't get everything i want out of it you know and it sounds too uh you know uh zero zero one one zero zero ones you know (laughs) that's a great clutch song by the way the what (laughs) that's a great clutch song you guys like clutch? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but you know, so so uh, I would love something that would be a, a fantastic amp cab simulator where you know, yeah, downtown you can't. Nobody's bringing around amps anymore. That's thing of the past. Everyone's got multi effects units, but I want multi effects unit of the. If they came out with like even better than the best they have right now, I'd be all over that. You know. Yeah, I mean, like I'm running, you know, in a pinch down here. I, I would never take it on the road unless it was absolutely necessary. But down here, I run, you know, the Strymon Iridium um, because I had to, and it's fine. But it doesn't react the way tubes do. And ultimately, I think if you're simulating something, then just use like the real thing that you're simulating because rarely is a copy as good as the original. You know, girl, you ain't gonna walk from Gay Street down to <laughs> Broadway. Oh. Yeah, times where I was like a 65 bandmaster from Commerce or Union and Fifth all the way down to Broadway and Third, and uh, that was not a good time. But my thighs looked awesome. (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate workout, yes. Yeah, depends on it. Silver linings. It's a workout and it's a job. (laughs) Yes, I didn't get paid overtime for the amp hauling, but I'm. That's true. Yes. Aaron, I know you <laughs> use, well, Aaron uses a, you use, um, you, we were talking about it when we had you on, sometimes a hauler, to make it easier to haul around stuff. Your box. My box. Uh, yeah, my, your, your amp. Oh, my amp. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I run my bad cat for live shows. Like, <laughs> so it's just a tube amp um, and it's not light, especially in the road case. It's like back here in the well, corner. Well, you, you have like something that's an amp simulator or something I thought, don't you? 
for recording. So when I record okay. in the studio, um, I because I don't like miking amps in the studio, especially like because I want to put a room mic in here, but this room doesn't sound the greatest at the moment. So I've just been doing the um, the simulators, and I've been using archetype amps because a lot of my favorite guitarists use archetypes, and like they have their own like their own like modelers in there, and it's fantastic. Um, but I just got turned on literally a couple days ago to this thing called the Torpedo Capture. It's made by Two Notes. And basically I can take my bad cat, like one of my heads, like to my bad cat amps, and I can run it into the Torpedo Capture device through a DI and then into um, my computer and then do a cab sim. Mm-hmm. So basically I'm getting the same exact sound from my tubes. So the tubes are working and I'm getting that tube sound because it's coming straight from that tube sound. It's not simulating anything, it's actually that. And I can actually record that, which is fantastic. So I'm I'm looking to maybe even do that for the road in the future. So I don't have to bring a cabinet or bring my combo amp. I can just bring the head in that little torpedo capture and run it because we run in here. So our stage volume already is super low and we don't I don't need a cabinet to be making noise on stage. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the thing I've been looking at is that little capture device because I'm like, that's ooh, that's nice. <laughs> feel like you don't feel like it's a little too sterile when you when you play through it no because that's that's not a it's not a sim like it's it's literally going my my um i don't have one but i at the studio in cleveland that i went um went back to uh last week they had it and i was running through their tube amp it through that and so it it sounded exactly like the tube amp it was super cool um the yeah i when i i wouldn't play through like the archetype amps live because yeah like it's it definitely like you said it doesn't have that that feeling that tubes do mm-hmm. so yeah but I, i've been looking because they do have this multi-effects pedal called the quad cortex mm-hmm. and that's made by neural as well which makes the archetype amps and i've heard great things about that and you can actually do like like let's say you you love your amp like your specific model amp like my bad cat i love i can actually model that like put mics in front of it and then put it inside of that pedal and i can take my amp with me without actually taking it so, but I haven't tried that. So hypothetically, it's awesome, but I don't know. I've heard a lot of really, really good reviews about the quad cortex from bands yeah. that do a lot of road dates who did exactly mm-hmm. that. They just didn't want to travel with tubes and, and all, yes. that, all that jazz. Fly, so. Flying is what I would be most like nervous about. And like also like with smaller companies too, like being able to like ship things over, you can always do that. So absolutely. Yeah. Technology question. <laughs> if you have to cancel a concert, because a laptop doesn't work. Is that truly <laughs> rock and roll? Fuck no. No. <laughs> no. With tracks, bro. I'm never playing with tracks ever. Ever. I got a question. Not. That's not gonna be a problem. I got a question. So do all the three of you, do you all like mess with guitars like changing up pickups, intonating? Do you have like a guitar, Frankenstein type guitar that you mess with at all? Or with your tech stuff, how deep do you get into that? That scares me, to be honest. I'm like, like, I I will, you know, I've been learning how to do some of the things from like the guitar tech in town, but it truly like makes me nervous, especially with like the headless guitars. I don't want to mess up anything on this. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't do a lot of playing around with my guitars because I don't have one that I would just like start Frankensteining because I'd probably break it. <laughs> but, 
kind of on the, the same page as you, Aaron. I, it yeah. first of all, terrifies me. And I know that it like <laughs> me, if something would go wrong, like there'd be a fire, it something would break, it would be fire. Yeah. So, but also like, I mean, I, I typically only decide to invest in a guitar um, or really use a guitar if I'm happy with what it can do in the first place. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't like risking ruining something that's fine the way it is uh, with uh, these. So I, I try to leave it alone. Totally. Jax? Uh, I let the, the best of Nashville deal with, with that stuff. I, I, so <laughs> actually, uh, Michael, Michael Wagner, he gave me a, uh, a Frankenstein telly. So I had no idea what this was at first. I thought it was from like the fifties or the sixties. And I got really excited. I brought it in, uh, two weeks ago to a shop, a local shop in Nashville. And they actually took it apart. The neck is from 58. The bodies from like the 70s and then like the electronics inside of it are from uh, the 60s. And then it's the plate on the back says it's from the 90s. So it already was a Frankenstein uh, telly. And then I brought it in. I'm like, dude, set. I want this set up the way that this guy at the shop had his set up. So he put all new electronics in it. It's it's amazing. And yeah, dude, I only own like three guitars. So, <laughs> you know, I don't have a lot to uh, to mess up. But I'm really excited about this. The new the improved telly from, from Michael. So it, you know, special to me, it's got a special place in my heart. And then now it's like, it's got pieces from different decades. And so, cool. uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of mojo. A lot of mojo. Leilani, you do some of the, your own setup. So don't you? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, nothing, nothing terribly fancy. I, I know what I like. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of my guitars, I just if they feel fine when I get them. Um, also, I, I have quite a few gifts, and I I don't like I, I think that it would be rude to to go and alter something that was a gift. So I typically don't touch them. Um, but when it comes to like action, I will set it yeah. up. I want if I need to spin the bridge a little bit and just lift it or raise it, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, truss rod adjustments, I have started to tamper with a little bit, and uh, you know eventually it's necessary for any guitar. Um, this one, the only thing I've really done, to, I mean, I'll adjust the pickups, you know, if they start falling into, into the, uh, into the hole, then I'll, I'll absolutely mm -hmm. you know, lift them. Um, I try to just do like general maintenance and not like screw anything up too bad. Right. Um, I did stick this nifty little Vibramate on the edge of my bricks, my, my big speed, because anybody who's played a big speed and has broken a string knows that that is, uh, purgatory to try to change a string with that. So especially like in a quick fix situation, like on stage, this just kind of acts like a regular, uh, tailpiece you could just hook it thread it so um yeah i mean like i do my own setups i don't typically take things in because i haven't found anybody who's set up my guitar in a way that i'm like this is the holy grail of setups um i, I know enough that i can do my own adjustments and i'm happy with that and that's kind of like the key stuff you need to know as a guitar player set the action intonation if you do have to you know turn the truss rod a little bit adjust the height of a pickup it's basic it's basic maintenance and there are great youtube videos showing you how to do that exactly. probably jax's dude Carl brown <laughs> yeah I, mean, like, I think that when it comes like you know like even fixing the intonation it's not terribly difficult as long as you you know where to start yeah. it's time consuming so it's you know how much time do you want to dedicate to it and yep. uh very rarely do I hear about somebody starting to adjust intonation and actually like royally screwing it up. So there's like, there's a safe space in which one can tamper. You could screw it so much you break the little spring, I guess, maybe, I guess. but like That's you'd true. have to be pretty stupid to keep cranking it out to where it, you, you know, it would be hard to do. 
if you strip it, there's other issues at hand. That's yes, it, correct. As far as not the problem with this. Topic. Maybe maybe you shouldn't be playing it. Maybe you shouldn't even have tools in your hands. At that point, you're gonna want to go call somebody else. You're gonna want to outsource <laughs> your whole life. <laughs> right. Maybe some therapy, light therapy. Well, Erin has a really cool guitar too. And we talked a lot about it when she was on, just because you see the pictures, you see it there. I've never seen anything like it. Jackson Leilani, are you familiar with that type of guitar that she has? The Strandberg guitars? Absolutely. Yeah. Are yeah. you? What, like, tell, what, what do you know about them? Because I was mesmerized by this thing. Um, so I, I do know a couple of people besides Aaron, obviously, who swear by them. And it's, it depends on, I think, your playing style, honestly. Um, I think, Aaron, for what you do, it's a beautifully suited guitar. Um, the necks tend to uh, have a bit of a different profile shape. I mean, some of them even have like the fan frets, you know. Um, so it's just, I think it's a little more conducive to, um, I would say, faster playing, to be honest with you. And I think it's a little more ergonomic as well. As far as the, the absent uh headstock i don't i don't know the the uh decision behind that so aaron if you have any backstory as to why yeah. strandberg designed it that way i'd love to hear yeah so okay this guitar is like super light like extremely light i don't know i don't know how light you can probably look on the website but i don't know like the actual numbers but it's really 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 light and that the reason main reason why is because of there's no headstock i mean mm -hmm. that you'd be surprised at how like much that actually weighs a guitar and it's not actually off balance you think that would kind of throw it off balance on having that but um yeah the tuning pegs are down here so i'm super clumsy and i will knock i like when i had headstock guitars like my, my stratocaster i would knock that shit on everything and i like i move around a lot on stage i'm on the ground i'm like jumping off the the drums i'm like in the audience and everywhere on the floor and so this guitar is like perfect for that because you know i can play like a three-hour show and be running around the entire time and i don't get tired because i'm not weighed down by like a les paul or something you know like a like a whole other person on my like shoulder <laughs> so yeah and the neck profile you said um these guitars like most guitars like the c-shape d-shape neck but this is it's like a trapezoid like it, you're right it's it's a different it's a different kind of feel um, I first played these at Nam, and I didn't even realize. Like, I just kind of like gravitated towards the booth. Like my like my feet picked up, and I'm like, "Whoa, those are cool!" And so <laughs> I um I started playing it. And I had I didn't notice I didn't notice the fan frets, didn't notice the extended range, and I didn't notice the trapezoidal neck. Like I had no clue. I'm playing this I'm like, "Wow, this is comfortable." I wonder why. Like didn't even like I'm, I guess I'm not even looking at it. And um, yeah, it just it 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 feels like it's playing a like I'm playing a couch. Like that's that's what I. Uh, yeah <laughs> and that's why it's always on me feels like you're I playing a couch yeah yeah <laughs> that should be that should be the uh the new endorsement or that's right Aaron for, yes. for uh for strandberg feels like you're playing a couch yes for Aaron I, I, airborne coburn it feels I like you're playing a couch <laughs> i haven't let them know that yet but i could uh give them that quote <laughs> <laughs> at least she could do at least she could do no it's it is it is pretty cool and she does run around stage the whole time because I saw you about a month or so ago and all over the place, including playing an electric ukulele, playing the yeah. crap out of an electric ukulele. <laughs> I Who knew? Yep. Yeah, I have, I have one with the whammy bar on it, but it's uh, under construction at the moment because uh, it it kind of, it won't stay in tune. <laughs> but it, it did for at least a year and then something, it just went to hell, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> Aaron, I literally have written under your name as a bullet point, ukulele shredding question mark. Yeah. So, yes. 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 What, yep. why, why? 
why did this happen? Because it's so it's so unique and it's such a such a bizarrely cool uh, thing to do. Why did you decide to transfer your guitar skills over to ukulele? Uh, yeah, so I, people always tell me like, oh, you started with ukulele. I'm like, no, I didn't start with ukulele. I started with guitar. So thank you for getting that right. Um, but yeah, I, I was in um, a guitar center and I think I was like a tween. So somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, but I was, I was younger and um, wanted to break rules and stuff. And so I got uh, an electric ukulele down from the acoustic section and walked over to the pedal section. And I was like, oh, this would be cool. I wonder what this is going to sound like. And they're like, oh, no, no, the, the worker was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Um, it probably won't sound good. And so I did it and I'm like, oh, like it does sound like shit at first. And then I kind of started dialing it in. And I'm like, oh, this is actually cool. Like if I spend some time on it, you know, I can get it to a point where it's like got a nice breakup and it sounds like you can like shred on it without it like yeah. screaming the whole time. So that that was the introduction to um, to the uke solos, and I was like, well, let's just add it to the set, and so it's been there ever since. It's phenomenal. Thank, Thank you. It is very unique, and it, it you can't believe that somebody is shredding on a ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, check out check out uh, Jake Shimabukuro because he's he's insane. Like he's a crazy crazy uke, uke shredder. I'm gonna guess he has his own YouTube channel. He does. Yes. Yes. He's been around for a while. I just saw him live here in uh, Cincinnati at a really cool venue called the Ludlow Garage. That would be oh, another Ludlow. one. Wow. Yeah. That would be yeah. another one that you two would probably like yes. just blow out of the water. It's it's a really cool venue. There's sound there. It's it's oh my god, it's some of the best sound in Cincinnati. Tyler like, Bryant was just there a couple, right yep. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, Is, it's oh, a great room. Great is that room. New or refurbished? I mean, because there's like an Allman Brothers bootleg from Ludlow Garage from like the late 60s. That's they, probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, it's yeah. um they've they've put a lot of work into it. But yep. I, I it's been around for a while. Yeah. yeah yep. It's really cool. No, yeah, that's the building, Brian. Okay. Cool. That's so Did cool. It, yeah. That, yeah. That would that would be Jackson Leilani. I'm well Leilani's played over um you played over the Southgate house with I love that venue. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I love that venue too. It's so yes. cool. It's so awesome. Yes, it's got so many cool vibes. Like the, the it's a giant church, a giant old yeah. church that they like made into this music venue. And like it's funny where like the big pipe organ used to be. They still have the pipes on the walls, but now it's like a big bar. So like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. it's so sick. I yeah, saw it. My punk band did a show there, and then we're working on uh, I think a spring 2023 date there too. I'm so excited to go back because it's like it's like the Ryman of uh, what state is that in Ohio? It's that's Northern Kentucky, but we also claim it in Ohio because right across the river. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's super cool. It's it's just like and the the staff is great and the the people that come to the shows there are great. That's yes. a that's an awesome video. I actually completely forgot about that video and I forgot about that show actually. So good memory. Let me Let know me when know. you're gonna be there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll I'll get some people and we'll come down for for sure. Cool. Absolutely, that'll be a blast. What Maybe all three of you guys should play on a bill there. Like all that's what we should do. Yeah. I was I was actually working. Do you guys know Jackie Vincent? Yeah, dude, she fucking <laughs> I love her. So she, my has, girl. <laughs> she has family in Cincinnati. And so we're we were gonna plan a show at Southgate House, but what if we all like four did like an all like women's like show? Bro. It could be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah. Dope. Huh. Cool. I, I, I <laughs> would need to know. Yeah, that would be great because I could easily get to that. You know, two hours down 71 on there. That. Yeah. <laughs> you would go to Ohio, but you would fly into the Ohio Cincinnati airport that's actually in Kentucky. Oh, well, huh. okay. 
Yep, it's confusing. <laughs> it is. It, it is very confusing. It is very confusing. Okay, who who else has questions? Again, I don't want to dominate, or Brian and I don't want to dominate. Jax, did you have any questions for your fellow shredders? Oh yes, I uh, <clears throat> I did not have my homework prepared per se, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, I I think this is an awesome opportunity to just ask you guys, like, just artistically, like, I mean, how are you feeling like right now, like? I don't know about the state of the world, the state of art, like where, where's your headspace right now as an artist? Like what, what are you excited about? What are you terrified of? And like, what, what do you, what's the future look like? Like what, what's going on? Like in your psyche right now? Leilani, do you want to go first? <laughs> I, need, I need some question, time. That's a good question. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, right now um, we have a pretty, a pretty big, uh, 2023 lining up. We have a lot of travel dates that are going into way further away than we did this past year. Um, we're opening 2023 with a gig with Buddy Guy, like right off the bat in January. And for me, that is uh, huge. We did it last year as well. And um, it's not my first time uh, playing with him or for him, but um, I do take it very seriously. And we also have three new releases. I just got the masters back for last week. That I need to plan release dates for. So ultimately, um, you know, like with the buddy gig, for example, just because my my genre kind of ranges, it doesn't like it's not exactly pigeonholed. Uh, you know, we could do like a, a cool like straight up blues song one minute, and then be doing like something with a heavy breakdown the next. So I uh, I tailor my set list uh, for this this particular gig, and I'm actually in the middle of writing a few songs just to ensure that it's going to fit the audience primarily out of respect because it is buddy guy. And I'm not gonna go into his club and on his stage and open for him with something that's not going to fit the scene. Um, so that's kind of in my, my focus right now. Um, but the good news is, you know, writing the new songs for this gig will ultimately lend itself to more material for the sets. And we have a massive backlog of originals at this point that we've been playing live for the past year that have not been tracked. So um, I, I'm not scared. Um, I, I feel pretty confident in knowing what I need to do. And I understand the, uh, the parameters, the, uh, my due dates. Um, and I know where I want to push myself artistically at this point, um, because this past year has really given a lot of insight past two, yeah, it's been about two years, have given a lot of insight into where I want to place myself as an artist. So um, I look forward to the challenge. I work well under pressure. And um, yeah, I, we have some, some, some gigs coming up next year that, that are definitely uh, products of growth over the work that we've done the past 12 months. So um, yeah, I'm just stoked, honestly. I'm excited and uh, I, I don't allow myself time to be scared because there's, there's definitely better ways to repurpose that energy. So um, ultimately, I think the, if anything scares me, it's just myself. I know myself, I know my bad habits, um, but I also know um, the things that I need to get done and there's just no option. They just have to get done, whether it's uh, figuring out financing for transportation or uh, planning a route that's gonna make sense that's not gonna break the bank or um, getting us to Texas, which we have to do in March. You know, either way, things have to get done. I have to write a set list for the Buddy Guy gig. I have to write an opening set for a couple of other artists that we're, we're slotted to open for. I have to 
schedule rehearsals and build our sets into shows because there's no such thing as settling, especially at this point, Aaron and Jax, you know this, everything has to be a moment of growth. So um, I think I'm really settling well into my competitive side and uh, just looking forward to just getting 2023 sorted. Nice. Do you have a new drummer? We do have a new drummer. Yeah, um, we we had a, a bit of a personnel change, not for any particular reason other than um, Courtney has a better uh, feel, I would say. Um, she is capable of hearing me play themes in solos in certain songs and she will copy, she'll copy it on the drums. Um, she and I have had a bunch of really cool moments where we'll just come up with endings on the fly and just kind of copy each other to, you know, close out a song that way. Um, our, our closer, as you saw at our show, Jason, uh, Little mm-hmm. Parahelion is a pretty big song mm-hmm. to, to tackle live. And uh, the last time we played it at our very last show of the year, she actually got so emotional and into it, which I love. Uh, she threw her drumsticks and kicked her toms over. So uh, <laughs> yeah, she's a beast. She's a force of nature. She is a show stealer and I adore her. So I think that she was a really good a really good fit for for what we're doing. She just has a, a great ear, a great feel, and um, she's not afraid to try things, which I really respect. But she also takes direction well. So if I need something from her that I'm not quite getting, or if she needs to revise something or go back and listen to it, she's happy to do it. And she's a great team player. So I saw some of the videos from that last tour you did, like North Carolina, South Carolina, and it was you guys crushed it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky to have a band that uh, understands their roles and their uh, expectations. And, um, you know, but also they're happy to just have a good time and they're a good hang. And uh, yeah, I think we're very much like a committed team at this point. It's very much like a band family situation. We have each other's backs. And, you know, if something's if something's off one night, we're not afraid to tell each other, hey, you uh you're playing like frequently. I will be told, "Hey, you're playing your own chord progression wrong." <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm sure that I know my own song, and it turns out that it's actually G to C and not C to G. But uh, yeah. thankfully, they're just inversions, so nobody can tell. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's uh, I'm lucky to have the, the 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 team that I have around me, and and they're you know they understand that that this is not an easy phase to be in at the moment. And it does require uh, some sacrifices, but I, I work really hard to make sure that they're well taken care of because they deserve that. So um, yeah, just all in all, I think that that our onstage presence and our offstage presence is is very uh, cohesive. Right, so, but how do you feel at the moment? It's a lot of actions, but like, where, where's your heart? Um, you know, just because we had to take, we didn't have to take the rest of the year off, but I elected to take the rest of the year off following our last show on November 18th. Um, I feel it's odd to, to not be actively playing my own music as much. Um, but I understand that what we have coming up next year requires a lot of focus and behind the scenes work. So how I feel is, um, I feel very, I feel, I feel very, uh, I feel confident. And I, I think there's a part of me that it kind of doesn't know if, I have a, there's no clear path. There's no right way necessarily for certain things. Um, but I'm excited to, to see where the requirements I need to meet take me. So the time that I have off between spending it in town a little bit, just putting away some money and spending it with um, P 
people that I'm close to for holiday purposes, I think it's going to be a nice way to kind of take a step back and reframe and, and get a better perspective of the things that I need to do for myself in order to look back on the following year and feel proud. So yeah, a lot of actions, but that's, that's really what, where we're, where we're at. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I feel good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with where things are at the moment. It's just, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, having the outlook of failure is not an option is, is the key right now. Hmm. That was a very long-winded answer. Aaron, Aaron, how are you feeling? <laughs> um, I feel hungry, but not like for food. <laughs> let me, let me elaborate. I, for this whole, like, um, two, three years, um, I love the blues and like, I think we all love the blues here, but, um, I have been wanting to go more towards rock. Um, just like my writing style. I, I love being able to call it rock because rock is so broad, like blues gave birth to rock. So obviously I'm going to have blues inside of whatever I write. But, um, anyway, I'm hungry because I want to learn more and like, I want to soak in as much knowledge as possible. And especially like this year, I've just been trying to dive into as much as possible like that's new and whether that's experiences or um like classes or just people that are older than me in the industry and just listening um that's something that i've been super hungry for and i feel fulfilled and uh, not like totally because obviously i'm still hungry but like i'm happy with what i've been learning and what i've been soaking in so um, yeah, uh, which leads to excitement. So a lot of a lot of emotions are happening at one time. But I think that's kind of our job is we process like probably thousands of emotions at one time. And then we have to put those into words or um, riffs or, you know, and bring that on stage with us. And, you know, so, yeah, but that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> Jax, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm curious to hear. I love it. Um... Yeah, hunger, uh, that's everything, right? Mm -hmm. What drives anything, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, uh, holy shit, I'm in, a <laughs> I'm in a very interesting place. Um, yeah, I think I'm sitting on uh, some, something pretty, pretty uh, amazing. Um, not in any sort of like, oh, like, wow, I just wrote something great, but I worked like every single day I woke up and I just, I worked. Just like Leilani's in grind mode, I have been grinding like no other. <laughs> and, uh, it, uh, and it's really hard for me to be like, yes, I'm proud of this. Cause I don't even, I can't listen to underdog anthems anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know how it is. You might, oh, I never did that. We'll move on to the next thing, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's a moment of reflection. It's a moment of calm before the storm. Cause I'm just about to release, you know, I've got my PR, everything set up. Uh, everything's all systems are go. I'm getting my back. My final mixes this week. Um, and uh it's surreal, you know, it really is surreal. It's, I'm in a very beautifully numb moment in time where uh, my body's living, but I'm just watching the show right now, you know, but 
I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. And even if nothing really happens, um, which I don't know, in like every fiber of my being, I just feel like I, me and like a bunch of people, there's so many people who worked on this record. It's, it's like every piece of them is, is in it. And it's just, it is something. I'm just going to say it is something significant. So uh, I'm sitting on it and um, I don't know. Uh, just a fucking cool place to be, to uh, be ready to, to watch what, what happens. And even if nothing really happens, I know in my heart and everybody who's worked on this knows that it's- Spionage a- apparatus. Thank you. Lonnie's <laughs> watching uh, Netflix in the background while I, I love it. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So sorry. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Hey, I'm in the middle of an interview. Can I call you back in like half an hour? <laughs> okay, I love you. Bye. Cute. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Brian. I have a question. Um, and to all three of you, but Leilani, you mentioned like uh, working on set lists, and, and obviously there are certain situations where you got to do a little bit different. But I always want to ask all our, our guests, like, what goes into a sequencing a record? like how do you make that decision of what the track order and then for shows too like some bands play the same set every time a lot of bands change it up completely so where how does that work for the three and if we can just start with Jax, then leilani and then aaron yeah just like um uh you know the greats some songs live in a totally different field live than they do recorded some of them just have a totally different life. And then other songs are, people want to hear it just the same. It's so weird how that happens, but like some, some, it's just, it depends on the song, right? Like it, it um, like Layla live is <laughs> different, you know what I mean? Or like, I don't know. It, it just like, uh, you can do so much more with live stuff too. And um, that's where a lot of, uh, uh, especially Leilani, I've seen her play live you know, her original stuff. And, and um, it's just different every time it's improvised, some improvised stuff, some, some non and, but, but yeah, the, and set order uh, as far as like tracks. But like for uh, a re- when you sequence your record. Yeah. And your yeah, show. That's everything. It's so important, <laughs> you know, because, um because what the first, the first song on your record is like a defining moment, right? The fourth song on your record is also a very defining moment because that's usually where the ballad happens. The last song on the record is also huge. You know, there's like key moments when then you're filling in the dots of like what goes in between and around. And um, when you're creating this like piece of work, I mean, it's art, right? Like we're, we're sculpting around like a vision, right? Like my record's called Only the Wild Ones. You know, it's got uh, titles that belong within it and some outside of it. And, it, and it's just, um, when you're piecing it together, like I'm starting off with like a, more of like a low key kind of song. It's not like a huge shreddy thing in the beginning, you know, it's a different thing than the first record. High class bitch, bam, number one, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it says a lot about where you are artistically with with the record so yeah sequencing is definitely something you want to spend time on i'm sure everybody does right 
That was a Michael Wagner answer with a <laughs> one for the end. That's, that oh, is, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, but that's, but that's that recipe. That's that clear rock album recipe, that music recipe, hard hitter one ballad four, and then end hard. Yeah. But it's cool to hear your new record. If you're going to start off a little bit more, you know, a slower or more of an emotional thing, that'll be really cool. That'll be a really cool kind of like ease it in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait to show you guys it. I, I mean, I'll, I'm going to give it to you guys before. <laughs> yeah. Leilani. Um, first of all, uh, Jax, seriously, I'm so sorry because you were saying something so gorgeous and something that was really vulnerable. And I really hope I didn't uh, detract from what you were saying. So I'm sorry. Uh, lesson learned. Just do not disturb across the board next time. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm thrilled for you because I, I do know that you as an artist, you you focus so much on what you do. And I I heard from third parties, mutual friends of ours, how much you were working on that album. So I, I just have the utmost respect for you. And um, I, I'm not hearing any of it yet. I, I feel like it's going to be a really beautiful experience to get to share. So um, when it comes to uh, album ordering, Jax and Aaron would be the experts on this because I don't have a full length album to my name yet. Um, but I feel like I try to treat set lists the same way. The set lists, especially in a live show, they should take you somewhere, as should an album. And um, initially my approach was follow the formula of, because uh, I've just been playing live for so long, I would, I would start with high energy and then have a dip towards the first third of the show and then bring it back up and then maybe have like one more and then you know finish out strong. Um, but somebody actually recently asked me, well, have you ever thought about ordering your set list, especially your originals in the form of a story? Um, so that's something that we've been playing with, but I also feel like, you know, when you're on stage and you're playing a set and you are trying to hold an audience and you're trying to keep their attention and, you know, maybe even win them over, uh, flow is everything. You have to make sure that you're holding their attention. You have to make sure that there's something going on in the, the structure of the set list that's going to keep people interested and not bore them or wear their ears out. So it's kind of a fine balance. Um, we finally, after a lot of trial and error, finished on a 45 minute set that we felt flowed beautifully and an hour and a half set that flowed beautifully. And now I just think about the subject matter of the songs. And since we have at this point a fairly diverse back catalog of things to pull from, um, I wanna to try to tell a story as well because, you know, it's kind of a fun idea. I don't know if it's as prevalent in live shows as it is with albums, such as Jax's and Aaron's, um, but it's, it would be an interesting experiment, I think. So I, ultimately when I'm building a set list, I just think about where's the show going to take the audience? Is it gonna be an emotional roller coaster? Is it gonna feel disjointed? You know, there should be, there should be a, a, a linear uh, plan, so to speak. Aaron? songs I think released right now right and you said three more getting ready to come me yeah yeah yep yeah 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 uh and I, I'm excited because Aaron to your point of blues it I, I I'm having the same struggle because you know like it's cool to have gigs like the buddy guy gig but then also I find myself often like we did a festival in Oklahoma this past summer where our set was not redneck wrapped out 
Redneck raffle. <laughs> Absolutely. With, with our friends, yes. With yeah, friends. yeah. A bunch of badass bands, a bunch of Southern rock bands, and we yeah. definitely rocked it up. And we we like having a high energy show in the song. And had a hell of a ride up, by the way. It was a really, really amazing ride up. The sweetest. That guy's, yeah, he came out to our show in New Orleans as well. And he's just the nicest guy. So mm-hmm. um, no, I, I get what you're saying, Aaron. So like with this next three singles that we have. I would I would safely say that none of them are actually straight up blues. One of them is a borderline Americana rock song that has like weird offbeat church claps. And uh, the other one is like, you know, would be like a B-side that wasn't accepted by Rival Sons. And then the third song <laughs> is like a weird C major love song, which is completely not in my brand are you getting soft on us leilani come on it's really it's it's yeah it's called uh it's called take it for granted it's like it's like a whole ass love song so yeah i i think that like you know with the three that are coming out they're definitely a different direction than the the past six that i've released or five or whatever it is um because i was really trying to like build a foundation of a sound now as an artist and somebody who just gets bored very easily i'm like let's try these new things we almost cut a track that would have had like straight up dubstep style bass like hat. So it's been, it's been an adventure, but I think it's just like, you know, especially in like the younger formative years, like Aaron and Jax and I, and we're, we're trying to build this foundation of this brand. You want to experiment. You want to see what works and what doesn't. And also you have the freedom to do so at this stage because nobody can be like, Oh, well look at her last you know, like seven albums. They don't sound anything like this. Like you can kind of do whatever you want at this point. And that's like a lot of fun and a lot of freedom to experiment with. So they're quite different. In fact, um, speaking of sending things, I know I shared the last three with you. I'll send you guys the, the new ones again. And we have Reese Winans on the ballot as well, which I am super stoked about. Really? Yeah, he's going to come in and lay down some some dirty wow. organ for us. Some dirty <laughs> that sounded yeah. That sounded dirty in and of itself. Down some dirty organs. So yeah, um, that's, that's that that little uh, that little um, piece of info for you. So rival sons, real fast. I'm gonna get us off track, but Tiffany, the great Tiffany, eighty star Tiffany. If you, I think yeah. we're alone now, Tiffany. She released a, a new record. It's really good. She cover co- she co- can't speak. She covers a rival song, rival son song on it. Keep on swinging. It's really good. Oh, that's yeah. a great song. Yeah. yeah. And Ace Von Johnson played guitar on the album, and it's a very rocking album. So check out Tiffany's new record. I can't remember Ace, the name of the record. Ace Von Johnson, my homeboy. I love he it. He said very nice things about you when we had him on the Halloween show. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. You know, I still haven't listened to it, and I feel bad. I keep meaning to, but I think I'm scared of what he's going to say. I'm going to text him as soon as I'm off here. I'm like, Leilani has not listened to the Tiffany album yet. So. <laughs> yeah, so just block her. It's fine. <laughs> so That's here, awesome. Oh, what a great guy. About sequencing for records and shows for you. Well, oh. she's educated about this. She should be give us a technical trained opinion. Uh, uh, so okay, starting with like set lists. Um, I tend to have like rules that I follow, but I try not to make it too strict. Um, one, like I try not to put like songs that have the same key, obviously, like next to each other or same tempo same or tempo, same feel, yeah. you know, or same like talking about the same thing um yeah so that's pretty much my only rule other than that i just kind of a lot of the times i'll make i I make set lists like weeks in advance like i have spreadsheets i love organization and lists i got that from my mom i have ocd so i have to like have things like that but when i get on stage for some reason like 
like like Leilani said, like you have to play to the audience. So like if the audience wants to mosh and like start a mosh pit, then I'm gonna not put my song that I had on there that's gonna just let them vibe. I'm gonna do the song where they wanna like, you know, push people around. I'm gonna do that one next. So um, the set list changes a lot. And I, I when I was younger, I wouldn't adapt because I was kind of afraid to do that because I wanted to follow those lists. But um, I think I've gotten better, a, a lot better about um, letting those set lists be flexible. So um, yeah. And um, as far as like track lists go for albums, um, I didn't put a lot of thought into it for my first three albums because I was younger and inexperienced. And like I said, I was working with like engineers and I think on my third album I had a producer like a co-producer so um I feel like I didn't have as much I didn't feel like I had as much power I definitely in writing and stuff like that but I don't think I used my power to the best of the ability with my own project so for the fourth album um I, I'm taking a lot of uh time to think about what I want to say and and how I'm gonna organize those tracks but it'll be similar to the set list you know like not the same tempo not the same things like that so have you guys ever heard an album where you listen to the track list and you're like, why did they do that? No. No, no, I don't think so. I, I don't know if it's something you pay attention to right off the bat. I, I do that. Like if somebody has like a concept album that flows beautifully, like, uh, um, you know, like, for example, I think my first concept album was American Idiot by Green Day. It's a whole, that's a whole Broadway production. Yeah, you notice things right. like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think personally I've ever heard anything where I'm like, wow, what an odd disjointed order of songs. <laughs> Sometimes just, that's an artist thing too. Like, right. Like, like maybe the yeah. white stripes, you know, but like, then it's like, well, that makes sense because it's, you know, the white stripes. So it probably wasn't festival. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. I think that was awesome all around I, for everything. Do you guys want to do some fun lightning round questions? Cause I know you guys have a couple and that we can kind of finish this marathon, uh, interview off. Let's do it. All right. Who wants to go first? Wait, are we doing it? Are we doing it where like we do all three at the same time or we do one, two, three, one, two, three. We'll do one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay. Just I'll making sure. That. All right. <laughs> I would Brian, love to you want to do our pre-show announcement that you always do for this portion? Jason is at that time of the show. Leilani, Jax, Aaron, is it that time of the show? It's that time of the show. Yes. Oh. <laughs> all right. Lightning round. Let's see what questions that you have. Uh, Aaron, why don't you lead us off? Okay. Um, all right. Um, if you, wait, these can be like any question, right? Like yeah. it can be quick. Okay. If you could describe your sound as a food or like a dish, what would it be? I love food. <laughs> She's hungry, y'all. Uh, yeah, I am hungry. Not only for knowledge anymore. <laughs> Me? Oh, everything pizza. Ooh. Ooh. I love it. <laughs> I do like it too because your first album it has all these different sounds and styles on it for sure. It just gets more everything. <laughs> it's got the spicy sausage and it has like the, you know the nice uh, vegetable topping on it too. Um, I would say like a hot link sausage <laughs> with a biscuit on the side and uh, maybe. Um, I don't know, like a, like a, uh, like a Moscow Mule as a as a as a beverage Moscow, yeah. Ooh, Edgy, nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah, not the Kentucky <laughs> Mule or or the you know it's the Moscow Mule. Huh. Okay, I like it. All right, Leilani, what do you have? Okay, just to just to bring it full circle here, uh, <laughs> if you had to choose between between these two solos, would you back 
either the Nick Jonas solo or the Little Wayne solo. <laughs> oh, Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas <laughs> oh. I don't know. That's a really hard one. <laughs> oh, I, how unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. That is a really good question. I mean, I, uh, what about the Machine Gun Kelly solo? <laughs> I don't know about the Machine Gun Kelly solo. That's probably good. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go. I'll go with the crowd, and I'll say the Nick Jonas solo too. Oh, I'm gonna have to say the Little Wayne solo just because, like, he, you know, he really, he, he, you know, it's like at least he puts some style to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Poor Nick Jonas thought he was going to go out and really Aww. crush it. Poor guy. We, listen, who, who hasn't completely blown a solo, like, to the point of utter embarrassment? Well, how many keys did he play? <laughs> he was a lovely half-step. All down. of them. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's fun. All the Berkeley kids transposed that, by the way, and they, like, posted their own, like, transpositions. <laughs> And it's yep. all because you guys didn't watch Camp Rock as poor Nick Jones. It is a full circle right there, bro. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, Jax, you have a, a lightning round question. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, just if you weren't doing music, like, what would your profession be? Like, don't think about it. Just say. Who's going first? You thought. You. You spoke up. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, neurobiologist. Nice. Yeah. Oh, we, I think we talked about that because that's what my son is studying. So, you know. Yep. Amy Farrah Fowler from the Big Bang Theory was one of my like role models growing up. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, either a uh, forensic crime scene investigator or a lawyer. Ooh. Ooh. You're fat. You're, you talk fast. You'd be a great lawyer. <laughs> oh, you, you, you ask really, really good questions. And I could certainly see that. Or like a like a like an evil psychiatrist, like a like a bad <laughs> psychiatrist, like Hannibal Lecter type of person. Exactly, oh. that's it. That's it. That's what I would be. I would be Hannibal. Criminal Lecter. mastermind. Interesting career path. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's good aspiration. All right, Aaron, we'll go back to you for another question. Okay, uh, let me look at my little list here. Okay, if your guitar could talk for one hour and only one hour, what would you discuss with your guitar? Like actually, like you know, become like a human. Oh, no. I'd be like, would you be uncomfortable? I touch you all the time. <laughs> Bad joke. Bad joke. Stop. <laughs> I wonder if I have like a sweat gland problem. It would yeah. be <laughs> nice. Probably not a great conversation. <laughs> Your guitar is like when, when you play pickup. You guys probably may not know this, but when you play pickup basketball and some and people are not wearing a shirt and it's usually the ultra sweaty dude and you go to guard them and you put your hand on them and you just go. <sighs> exactly yeah what are those mesh that. those mesh colored things that they have that they never wash like you know that's when you said that leilani that's all i could think of is like when you go to guard somebody put your hand on them and just slip right down them because they're just full of disgusting sweat no, it's, like there's, it's typically right here too because of the binding i'll get layers of skin just straight skin it's really hot it's just from uh, your arm uh, yeah, just for my arm. So then I just sell it on OnlyFans, and then I pay for the. Works <laughs> <laughs> perfect. There, you know what? There's probably a market for that. To be honest with you. Oh, there is. There's yep. a market for everything. There was a market for bath water. <laughs> oh, Sorry. What? I love oh, how, I not, not mine. Not mine. It was a. 
a Google thing, but anyway, um, this went really down a weird path. <laughs> Jack, how about you? What would your guitar say? Yeah, oh God, about? just, just, he'd probably just be like, stop with the self-loathing. Yeah, they'd probably just be like, you just gotta stop. <laughs> You got to go live your life a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good one. Leilani. Um, okay. So we have all, we have all been on the road. We all know how road is road life is at this stage. What is the most desperate thing you've done food wise? <laughs> oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you, you, you go ahead. Jax, you laughed first. You had yeah. something that came to mind. Oh man, well shit. No, just man gas station sushi. Yeah, no, dude, just just like I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't have anything. I just I it's it's not even like on the road, it's just my my regular life. <laughs> like <laughs> I just crackers if I can't afford food. Like, you know, I just it's sad. It's sad. Move on. Next. <laughs> With the Metallica guys used to have a hand sandwich where they put like a piece of bologna on their hand and just eat it. Yep. Yeah. They called that loser's lunch. That was in Queens when they first got there. <laughs> the guys from Anthrax, 1983. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have a strong we were, stomach. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were talking to Dorothy two weeks ago, and I don't know how we got on the subject. I think for her, for me in San Diego and talking about fish tacos, she's like, there's a really good gas station that has 99 cent fish tacos by me like i was i'm enthralled by that i want these 99 cent fish tacos at the gas station that's a california thing for sure california yeah. is a place where you can get like tacos from a gas station and you're you're probably and they're actually good she's yeah. like yeah it's like this you know this you know like it's legit like small business sort of probably just get like a little minnow at that point for 99 Aaron, have you done anything desperate food wise on the road uh, no, actually I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like when we go on the road, because like when you're on the road, all you see is the hotel room in the venue and like, that's it. So I try to actually seek out like small businesses that we can go to that are affordable, but I mean, I, we haven't had any like desperate things, but like, I try to find small businesses that we can go explore. That'll kind of give us the taste of the town or wherever we are. Absolutely. So I really, I, we haven't had like a knock on wood yet. We haven't had like a desperate food situation, but um, yeah. So, cause we are always exploring through food. So Aaron wants to open a boba tea place. Yes, absolutely. I have a business plan. It's going to be called rock and balls and it's going to be, a rock venue, but also boba. So there'll be like alcoholic boba and then like caffeinated, like like coffee boba and then like all kinds of things that like, you know, um, that'll be kind of weird. Like boba flights, you know, like beer boba, all kinds of strange things. So it'll be, yeah, that's, that's going to be a music venue for future stuff. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I'll try that. That's sick, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Jax, you have a question. Next question for the girls. Uh, let me uh look at my notes here. <laughs> yeah. Something you've always wanted to know. Oh yeah, if you could play any venue, uh, your dream venue, what is it? No festivals, just venues. Or festival, yeah. You're headlining the venue of your dreams or festival. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. There's a, I, this is horrible. I want to headline this, but I don't even know like the actual name. There's a huge rock fest in Germany. 
like I, maybe it's just Rockfest, but it's like enormous. Is it yep. Pukelpop? So what is it? Is it Pukelpop? No, it doesn't ring a bell. It, is it's it like a hard rock metal fest? It's yeah, it's kind of yeah. like a metal. Yeah, that's I want to headline that. Vakin, <laughs> uh, Vakin, wow. or is it called Vakin? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Vakin, yeah. right? Vakin with a W or yeah, <laughs> something I don't know. So it yeah. sounds right. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> Leilani, festival wise, um, man, I'd love to headline Isle of Wight someday. Um, Ooh. also, uh, uh, venue wise, it's funny. Cause like, I think festivals, you just have a little more crowd interaction, but venue wise, I would have to go with Red Rocks. That'd be an awesome venue to headline. Yeah. I think that's a top, the top of the list for a lot of people. It's just incredible. That's a bummer. Oh, sure. Have you heard, sorry, off topic, but have you heard of the, um, it's in Kentucky. There's a cave Caverns. underground. Caverns. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like yeah. that place looks so sick. Like yeah. it's not too far from you, Nashvillians. No, yeah, yeah, it's close oh. to you. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be so cool. Like imagine like just thinking, like, okay, what's like the weirdest place I can put a music venue? At? My drummer and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago. We we're like, what if we took like a bathroom and like just made it a music venue and like only like 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 you could like put a stage in there, but then like out the door, like people, maybe the audience has to like try to bathroom? I don't know. A bathroom. Type, I like bathroom? you. You are so creative. You are so cool. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like you an idea. great acoustics. Illinois. Like I feel like you could just talk to anybody who runs like a small independent punk rock venue in like South yeah. Chicago and probably Maybe down. Like similar. <laughs> well, like things like that, like sell tickets too. Not only would people go for to see the band and like the music, but they would be like, "Oh, this is an experience I haven't had before." So you let's could go. attach it to your boba yeah. venue and have you know the after party <laughs> in the bathroom. I um, love that. I love that. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Paleo did that. <laughs> Paleo did that music video in a volcano. That'd be pretty sick. Venue. Oh <laughs> yeah, they're from Iceland. That um, that's probably yeah they're awesome yeah. yeah so cool all right does everybody have one more question to give all right Aaron okay um oh, wait hold on looking at the list okay Look. okay sorry I have like I made multiple questions so I was just trying to figure <laughs> out which one would be the greatest okay um what oh, okay you know I actually I'm gonna do this one instead so I was told that we had to have a ta tattoo conversation and I wanted to bring that up so what are your tattoos do you have favorite tattoos it's not really a music question but it's art and I feel like they're like whenever I look at mine I'm like oh I want to write a song you know so do you guys have a favorite tattoo or want to get a tattoo that's new or yeah what's yeah well, Lonnie's the girl. <laughs> I'm like I was admiring them. I'm like those are sick. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, Do you have a favorite? Yeah, it's hard. Like to, to look at. Um, I think my scorpion does a pretty good job of stealing the show. I got a big old tiger on my thigh that looks pretty good, considering it was a rush job in Rome and I almost missed my ship. Oh! I, <laughs> would, awesome. I would say my favorite one. Uh, I'm really partial to my rabbit's foot on my ditch. It sucked and uh, it came out pretty good. And I um, I used to think that I was a really unlucky person. I thought I had really bad luck. And then in retrospect, I had a point in my life last year where I was like, I'm actually incredibly fucking lucky. Look at all this cool shit that I'm doing. So I think I, uh, I, think I have some 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 partial feelings to that one. Aaron, you have I some tattoos. That. I love that. I love your style, the styles, the tattoos too that you have. 
Yeah, it's very Fantastic. American. I just, you know, bold will hold. Right. I think, but like a lot of these were, were travel based. Like that's Amsterdam. That was yeah. Dublin. You know, so like also they hold like the sentiment of like getting to see the world. Yes, so. that's fantastic. Very yeah. Cool. So you've got some stuff going on there. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I want to be covered, but at the moment I'm not. So, but one of my <laughs> fans and um, friends, I, a lot of these touches I have done by fans, but this one um was done by a guy named eddie and he's fantastic he's like his whole like he's like nose is tattooed he's got like the horns and like he like he's a big teddy bear but he looked like he could like rip someone to shreds but anyway he did um this is my favorite one of my favorites it's a chicken dragon i grew up on a farm with chickens and i I guess i now that i think about it i guess i was kind of awkward i didn't think in my head that i was (laughs) awkward but looking back at it my I, my best friends were literally chickens like i people would ask if i wanted to hang out after school and i'd be like i, I can't i got it i want to go hang out with my chickens um and so pretty, nor- pretty normal it, they were my best friends like i i like thinking about it i was like oh i just i love them so much um so i got and like my dad is big in fantasy and stuff and i love reading fantasy books um with him and um so I love dragons and like things like that. So I'm like, oh, in Greek mythology, they have like a thing called a cockatrice and that's like part chicken, part dragon. So I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to get. And apparently I didn't, so I found this on like Google, like something like it. So he did, he did like that. But apparently this is from like a Dungeons and Dragons thing. I had no idea. So some guy at one of my, uh, one of my shows was like, you have a Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> so apparently I do, but I love it. I love it. And then I have, um, I have on my stomach, I have a butterfly with my guitar, my Strandberg in the middle of it. So uh, yeah, those are my favorites. I just, I love tattoo. And I, I, I know, like, I don't know if you guys are like this, but if like you love the pain of it, like I love. I really do. Sensation. Yeah, it's cathartic. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice release. Yeah. It's <laughs> Jack's has tattoos. <laughs> uh a tattoo right now so that's that's the underdog anthems oh cool tattoo uh yeah i uh that's my only tattoo i uh i'm planning on getting a tattoo every time i release an album uh, I so i guess i have to think about what to do for only the wild ones you know into the that's woods amazing. into the woods <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, Leilani was going to come with me to get this, uh, my first tattoo. Uh, and, uh, but they wouldn't, they were like, there was COVID restrictions at that time. So they like, wouldn't let her come in. I was so bummed. I was so excited for you. I was like, this is going to be so fun. We were going to do like joint tattoo sessions. And I like, yeah, hey, with, the, with your, uh, your flower up, up here. Yeah. My shoulder. Yeah. 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 Did you draw that, Jax? Because I remember we were talking to you about that t- tattoo because I think you had just recently got the tattoo when we had you on. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's semi-traced, semi-drawn. Yeah. <laughs> that is so yeah, cool. But I'll definitely draw the next one, I think. It'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and here I sit with no tattoos, although Brian has tattoos. Oh, where are they? One. Well, it's, it's oh, like more of a cartoon cap. character of a wolf. Brian's nice. a big wolf advocate. That's awesome. That's badass. I just, I just but wear I my get gray, like a gray hair. One. I also, I have a wolf because when I was a child and didn't know how to play guitar, I thought my career was going to be a wolf biologist. I read a book where this guy went and lived in Canada with a pack of wolves for like a year. Yeah. And wow. so nobody could pronounce my name as a kid. So I just told everybody to call me Wolfie. So that's why I have the 
a wolf in my arm, which Aww. actually, unfortunately, ended up being my high school mascot. So that really backfired. But uh, other than that, school spirit, Leilani. That's what you're there known you go. for. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the reunion. It's gonna be. <laughs> Guys, I love school so much. You gotta whoop that too. Uh, all right, Leilani. What's what's your next question or last question? Holy Grail guitar. It's a question that has to be asked. Mm. If you, if what is your Holy Grail guitar? Yeah, uh, gold top Les Paul. I would love to have. <laughs> or like a particular, particular year in mind. Mm, anything from the sixties? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Aaron. Aaron. I'm holding mine. Oh, I literally, I can't, I can't, I, I, I've, yeah, these are, these are it. These are it. So <laughs> I, I feel like I found my soulmate. <laughs> oh, oh that was Leilani, very... I, I want you to answer that question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I've, I've been lucky enough to play some very rare guitars. Um, I have been, fortunate enough to put my hands on 59s quite a few times but you know people you know people you know people but i feel like with a guitar like that if you don't have the right rig to play it through it's like you're doing it a massive injustice so i don't know like i i have enough guitars that i i, I like you know and these i never expected to have the collection that i do and so i just i'm grateful for that but if i if i could have like a holy grail guitar it's hard i i'm i'm partial to quite a few of them um 1964 uh 355 with the big speed and gold hardware be, uh, be terrible yeah uh, so not the 335 or the 345 the three why the 355 uh it's just well, actually i mean even the 335 is great it, it's just a sizing thing you know yeah. um yeah you know like i i wouldn't go for like uh one of the five-way switches that's too complex for me um but uh, if you can get like a mono 1964 three 35 or 45 those are pretty badass um i don't know i mean like i it's it's so weird because like i've, I've yeah I, i've played a lot of guitars a lot of people uh, aspire to get to play and they've all been awesome but uh i, I can't imagine myself owning one so yeah i, I think I, I the fact that i even have like this and like some of my other guitars is, is a is a dream come true so i think i'm kind of in the same boat with aaron where i'm just i'm very I'm very happy. I don't know what to Aww. do. Well, Leilani has this, or Leilani, Jax has this really cool custom guitar that Michael Wagner gave you for your first album, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think I have, the only ones that I have with me are the the Telly and the the Fender right now. I the mean, Fender, I, right? That's gr a green one? Yes. Oh, yeah. The the Emerald Lady. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. The real Emerald. Yeah, I actually wrote an entire song about her that's on the next record. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, she's, she's back in Nashville. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Some, some cool stuff. Yeah. I'm really weird. Like I ha would have trouble owning a guitar, playing a guitar, even a car that costs as much as a home. Like that to me is so weird. It makes me super panicky. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. You know? I really understand that. <laughs> I, just, I'm like, I'm gonna, I don't know. You know, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> It just it just seems weird. Hey, I'm playing a guitar. It costs two hundred thousand dollars. Like, holy shit! I will say, like, my next guitar purchase aspiration is a Gretsch. Um, I love the Gretsch that I had. Uh, I did sell it, um, but they have like a 
there's a particular one that's a four figure guitar that has this gorgeous, bizarre sparkle finish to it that just looks awesome. And uh, they're actually surprisingly versatile guitars. So I think, you know, maybe it's not like a holy grail guitar, but it's definitely like a, an aspirational guitar. Yeah. Is it a, a sparkle jet? What kind? What, what model is that? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a duo jet, but it's a jet. Because okay. I think the duo jet's the, the, the lower tier. Yeah. You know, and it's just like the electronics got a little, a little questionable, but um, yeah, the, the, the jet, like, okay, like Rebecca Lovell from uh, Larkin Poe, she's got a similar, a similar version of it that's just badass, so. That's, nice, nice and sparkly too. Grail, but aspirational. But yeah, your holy grail can be something that you just want to have, it doesn't have to be a half a million dollar guitar, it could just be, this is what I want to have. Right. Or I, or I already have it, like Aaron's case. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I think like in Aaron and Jackson eyes case, like we have some pretty incredible tools. That, and so I feel like it's a little silly to be like, oh, yeah, I have all these great Four. guitars. But... Like guitar players always want something, right? There's always some, uh, an amp, a pedal, a guitar that you that you want, that you'd like to have. It's awful. Yeah. It's no, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jax. All right. Last question for you, for you guys before we finish it up with some Christmas songs. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> yeah, because we've been very We're Christmas all going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> Pick out your favorite carols. <laughs> yeah. Uh like who's your um I don't know, like musician crush. Like, do you guys have any like, Ooh. you know, let's, let's spill the tea, you know? We, like, we already know who Jax is. <laughs> can't tell anyone. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> <laughs> um Aaron, why don't you start this one for you? You got a musician crush. Okay, so we're talking about someone that like we admire or someone that like we genuinely like want to date. Jax, clarify. Uh, yeah, I need clarification. Girl, spill the tea. Who, who is it? <laughs> well, I have a, I have a boyfriend at the moment, but and I, he knows I love him, but he also knows I love Tim Henson from Polyphia. So, <laughs> so Tim Henson from Polyphia. <laughs> I think everyone has a crush on him, though. <laughs> I'm not surprised you said that from the couple conversations we've had. Yes. I mean, I his guitar playing always comes first, but he's just very pretty. Yes. <laughs> his no. playing and his looks. Yes. <laughs> All right, Leilani, we know you've got a boyfriend already as well, but pick somebody outside that range. I feel like that's not fair. Because <laughs> he would or, also or you could say your boyfriend and none of us know. <laughs> It, it is my boyfriend. I'm lucky enough to be dating my musician crush. Yeah. And we'll just leave there it you that. go. And that is a very fair answer. We will take that. Jax, would you like to tell us yours? Because I think That's we've already had this secret. conversation. It's a really big secret. I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to our podcast with that guest and guitar player from his band, you will know. Yeah. Oh, we I talked know. about you. I don't know. I was too nervous to keep listening, so I didn't get to that part. I, I couldn't listen. I, I was listening to it, and then I just was like, we haven't gotten there yet, and I'm too nervous. I, I had to shut it off. I'm sorry. We pimped you. You can just listen ahead, to the podcast from Rockin' Pod last year where she said it. Yeah, yeah, you did say it. <laughs> but just so you know, we did throw your name out there as well, and we're like, oh, there's also other great guitar players from Nashville. We threw your name out there, Leilani, so we didn't put Jack's all by herself but she's the one with the crush she's you she's know. the one with the crush all i'm saying mm -hmm. is if he like rode up like all the way to new york on his like little like motorcycle i get the fuck on the back seat <laughs> you, you would be rolling sevens and hopping back <laughs> on and riding with yeah them. exactly <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> anyway 
Okay, thank you guys for the lightning round. We do have one last request we had of all of you guys. This is our holiday episode, our Christmas episode. So thank you guys for being on. We want to know your three favorite or three Christmas rock songs or Christmas songs that you really like. And Leilani, we'll let you start with this. Just go ahead and give us your three. Okay. Uh, when I was really young, my parents brought home a CD called Maybe This Christmas Tree. And it was a cover compilation CD that actually I can't find anywhere now, which is bizarre. But um, I was particularly partial to uh, Death Cat for Cutie's cover of Baby Please Come Home. And um, recently, and also, of course, Fairytale New York by the Pogues, classic. Yeah, great one. Yep. For, for eight-year-old me, hearing that particular set of lyrics was uh, inspirational. Um, and uh, honestly, Jet has a really cool Christmas song called Backdoor Santa. It's like an old blues cover, but yeah. they into, you know, like a bit of an English rock thing. We actually tried to attempt it on a live show last year and it went horribly. So the Black my- Crows do a great version of that, by the way, Leilani, if you're a Crows right. fan, really good. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out. Also, an honorable mention to Julian Casablanca's Christmas Treat. I feel like that's the a stroke song. Yeah. That's it. That's my list. I like it. Jax, what do you have? Oh, I like playing that. That little intro for rocking around. Brenda nice. Lee. <laughs> Do you have a, so you like the original Brenda Lee version? Oh, I mean, of course. yeah, it's just, it's cool. Like those little, those little like high triad things, you know, where do they go? Why don't people use those high triad things anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I just saw a video on YouTube talking about triads and how to put them in your playing. Um, there no, you go. No joke. Brenda Lee, learn her. (laughs) Yeah. Brenda Lee's better. Hell yeah. Anything else? Any other? Yeah, you get two more choices. Uh, I don't know. Nothing from from the East Coast. I mean, come on. You're from Massachusetts. I know, right? Um, uh, Green Sleeves isn't like a uh christmas thing but it is for some reason but uh, some of those traditional like kind of folk melodies especially those minor ones with the real with the different like you know wouldn't expect sort of like harmonic context Mm -hmm. are pretty pretty like hip you know if you like go in and you're like what's happening here wow like where's this going it's i don't know there's some cool stuff there you could extract um just a sucker for stealing shit <laughs> well you do know still on the board right now nobody said is last christmas by wham i hate that song <laughs> so much holy <laughs> sh- there's something really like about like the whole like special it's like creeps me the fuck out every time i, I like make a pa- i like make a point to like get away from the area that's playing that song <laughs> something about that song it's terrible <laughs> Yeah, we we do this game every year and I post it on Facebook and stuff with our friends is we do a whamageddon and starting December 1st, it's a knockout pool. You see how long you can go without hearing the original version. And then when you hear it, you got to kind of post on it. So we see you can it's like a survivor thing. We see you can last the longest holiday season without hearing that song. I That's saw that. That's brilliant. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> now all you guys know about it. So you're in. So let me know when you hear it and you're out. I lost the game. You're, you're part of the game. Noted. Jax is out already. All right, Aaron. <laughs> well, did you, Jax, did you have another one before we go to Aaron? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, Aaron, give us your three. Um, I don't listen to a lot of Christmas songs. I've been burnt out on them for the past, like, five years because, you know. <laughs> yeah, so um, if I had to choose 
three, though, um, Chuck Berry's Run, Rudolph, Run is pretty good. Great, I know the guitar stuff, Chuck Berry, you know. Um, and then I wrote some of them down. Uh, oh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I just think it's so, like, backwards. Bor and, like, uh, you know? Boris Karloff, right? I don't know who did the original. I know I saw like on the YouTube version of like uh, Small Town Titans was the band. They did like a rock version of it. Yeah, really like a metal version. It was bad. Yeah, that yeah. was. I'll yeah. have to check that out. That sounds it's great. Super cool. I've been listening to a lot of metal lately, so that's probably why I liked it. But um, nice. <laughs> he's giving us to play that the Wacken Festival. festival. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> and then uh, Blue Chris Blue Christmas uh, Elvis Presley. So my drummer, he does, um, when we're not on the road, he does like a, a Elvis like impersonator. He plays drums for that guy and the, his name is Kayvon and he does such a great version of it. So I've, I've grown to really, really, really love that song because, you know, I've seen my drummer play it live. I'm like, wow, it's just so much fun. <laughs> so It's classic. Absolutely. If any of you guys were familiar with Houndmouth, which was, mm -hmm. I don't want to call him an Americana band, mm -hmm. but. One of the members left, Katie Tupin, to go do her own thing. She just released a version of Blue Christmas, I think, for a charity. It's really, really great. So if you like Townmouth, you like yeah. her, check it out. It's really good. Cool. cool. All right. I want Brian's three. Now it's our turn. To, now it's our turn to participate. <laughs> well, you know, I'm so prepared all the time that I'm not prepared. But I honestly, this is what I decided I was going to do. And Aaron already mentioned the song. But how many versions of Run Rudolph Run are there? A lot. Yeah, in you can look on Wikipedia, but it just because I know like that Foo Fighters documentary back and forth, like he did that version with Dave Grohl and Lemmy. I swear I heard that today, but I heard that song like four times a day. I don't know if they were the same versions or different, but hmm. so that's really my only. Pick. That's your, that's that's the one that you like. You know, there's nothing else that you like around <laughs> the holidays. Not really. I mean, like, I like if I'm going to hear the 12 Days of Christmas, I want to hear the Bob and Doug McKenzie one. And <laughs> see, that counts. And these, they're all like, who are you talking about? <laughs> SCTV was a Canadian equivalent of Saturday Night Live. Right. Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah. Was a famous skit. Rick Moranis and I forget the other guy's name. There's even a movie. Okay. So the Bob, all right. Well, I will give you mine because I think Brian's tapped out. So Backdoor Santa by the Black Crows. Check it out. That's a great version. Leilani, you already, you already said that, but check their version out. Um, I, I really do love last year, the Cold Stairs released a version of um, Santa Looks a Lot Like Daddy. It's great. Very basic. I think it's just Chris and acoustic guitar. It's really good. Check it out. Oh, and awesome. yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. If you guys aren't, and Leilani, I know you know the Cold Stairs, but they're a great band. Check them out. And last for me is my favorite rock and Christmas song of all time. And it's nowhere near our genre, uh, but it's Christmas Rapping by the Waitresses. That is my all-time favorite Christmas song. I love it. It is so good. And um, I can't remember her name, but she died much too soon. But I love that song. Wow. That's a good list. Is, is there I'm a professional, another, guys. Is there going to be another Shake Poe Christmas? Do we know yet? I have no idea. That was really good. Uh, two years ago, um, Larkin Poe and Tyler Bryan, the Shakedown, got together and did a holiday special and streamed it. Nice. Really awesome. Really awesome. All right. That's time. You guys was awesome. Thank oh, you so I much. Add, can I add yes, one more? You can add one more. Um, I don't watch Family Guy, but I think this was on Family Guy because I but you saw should. it circulating around the internet. I know I probably should, but... Um, I just never did. Um, it, it was around the, the age where like, I wasn't allowed to watch things like that. So, and then, you know, now I can, but I just haven't. But anyway, there's a, a song um, 
Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. Hello, the bells? Yeah. I mean, yes, but they, they remade it. They remade it. So I know the original, but I'd like that one too. That's a good, because it gets stuck in my head all the time. I work at Burger King, making waffles on the vapor. <laughs> oh, that I commercial! It. I remember that commercial. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Is that? Yes, that. Jax that would, knows it. It's catchy, so I think it's a good. Like it's it's you know it's it's entertaining. <laughs> it is. Yes. Well, thank you all for being on, and not only our part two or our second guitar player roundtable be, being here around the holidays for us, much appreciated. Um, I will go around the horn one quick last time and give you guys a chance to promote what's going on. Aaron, what's going on with you? Uh, new album coming out, fourth album, and then lots of shows on my website, AaronCoburn.com. Do we have an estimated time of the album? Uh, summer. Probably in June. Summer. All right. Jack Hollow. Yes. Uh, brand new uh, full-length record coming out spring 2023. The first single release is going to be early January. Ooh. Yes. Probably going to be a song called Wolf and sheepskin. Like Leilani's tattoo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. Can't wait for the first track. We'll consider it a late Christmas present for everybody. Right. <laughs> Leilani, what's going on with you? Um, well, uh, first show of the new year is going to be at Legends on January 13th. Um, and then we'll be doing Indiana the following day. And after that, announcing the rest of our spring first quarter dates uh within the next few weeks and the first new single from the fresh batch will probably drop either mid-january or towards the end of january we are looking for that as well actually we're looking for all new music from all of you we'll keep an eye out for where you're playing we'll go see if you're close everybody else who's listening check them out follow them on social media stream their stuff buy their stuff go see them play live they're cool they'll go talk to everybody buy their merch Help keep them on the road and making music. Thank you guys all. It was a pleasure to have you on. Have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, Happy Everything. Brian, over to you. Thank you to Jack Solo, Leilani Kilgore, Aaron Colburn. Thank you so much for being on our second guitarist special, especially this Christmas. And our best one, quite frankly. And our best one. And thank you so much. Happy Holidays and all that stuff. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much to Jax and Leilani and Aaron for joining us uh, to provide, yes, yet another wonderful, great time. Um, and, you know, I'm just so sort of like spellbound and in awe that I don't even have something off the top of my head to say as, you know, what my favorite highlight of our conversation just was. I like where it started at the beginning and Leilani was asking questions about how they take care of their nails as female guitar <laughs> players. I thought that was, but then it just went off in the direction of just general guitar talk. But I'm like, you know, that's a good question. Like, what do, what do you do? Because, you know, nails are a big deal, deal for girls and mm-hmm. you can't have big nails playing guitar. It's too hard. Well, and now I'm thinking, you know, uh, when Jackson Leilani were asking Aaron about, she's basically her own producer, co-producer. Yeah. Like, how do you keep yourself on track? Because usually you have that producer like to keep you like focused and keep you uh, honest. And... Yeah. And make sure that somebody tells you no. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Brian, maybe we can get Aaron to help produce a Jax or Leilani record someday. There you go. Yeah. Send him up to Ohio to a recording studio. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> or she could produce our podcast. <laughs> she could do something. She could, she could do about, she could do, Leilani can. Leilani can host and, and Aaron can produce and Jack's going to be the musical director. There you go. That's perfect because uh, 
I, I very much enjoyed the part where Leilani was asking questions and she just kind of takes over and we could just sit here and do nothing. We were like the live studio audience and I'm with you, Brian. That was my favorite part where they were having the conversation amongst themselves and you and I just got to sit back and listen to all the things that all of our listeners just got to hear. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they feel the same. So all you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and all that stuff. So and uh, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and loses blood. We'll see you next time. All of all the rain did, you know you're the mastermind. Rockford, Rudolph, Santa coming far behind. Rockford, Rudolph, Santa gonna make it to town. Santa making Murray tell him he can take the freeway down. Run, run, Rudolph, for feeling like you married around. Said Santa to a boy child, what have you been longing for? All I want for Christmas is a rock and roll, like your guitar. And then away you went, Rudolph, wishing like a shooting star. Run, run, Rudolph, Santa gotta make it to town Santa make it hurry, tell him he can take the freeway down Run, run, Rudolph, for feeling I can hurry around Hey! Run!